Good evening, everyone. This is Keith David, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by writer and producer Ashley Blackwell and, and director Xavier Bergen of Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror, available now on Shudder, which uh, it's amazing. I watched it uh, twice. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, good to be on here. Yeah, it's good to have you both here. So Thank you. It was originally a book written by uh, Robin Armines Coleman, so... Um, when did you first read it, and when did it, when did it first start to talk like we want to make a documentary? I'll start with that. Um, I, so I'm going to give, yeah, I'm going to give credit to. Um, she's a scholar. She's located in Brooklyn. She's originally from the Midwest. Her name is Christina Leaf Mallon, and she was doing her master's thesis work on Black women in seventies horror cinema. And when I started to kind of have this idea for the blog that I have. Um, I was just kind of doing research, and I found her. She's one of the first people I found. And in the trailer for her for for her master's research, which is called My Final Girl, she had Robin Armies Coleman in it. And you know the the uh, the you know the, the the wording on the screen was she, she was the author of this book, Her Hard Noir. And I was like super stoked to see that someone had had actually written an entire history of Blacks in American horror cinema up to that point because the book was originally published in 2011. And so I immediately um, bought it and got it. And this was back in 2013. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's how I realized that this book even existed. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I then you... on a... Uh... Oh, go ahead. Now, I was just going to ask Xavier, had you read the book prior to being involved in the movie? 
So no, I'll be honest. Like I did not read it uh, prior. What ended up happening with Miva coming into this is uh, uh, at that point, you know, Stacy Productions with Ashley and then Shutter had started like you know getting this the ball rolling, and then they reached out to me and asked like, hey do you want to be a part of this? And, you know, when they told me it was about, you know, horror and black folks, I was like, absolutely. So once they told me that and they were like, yo, we want you to actually like, you know, pitch for this to, you know, come in and be a part of it. That's when I sat down and I read the book myself. Mm-hmm. So Shutter was always involved? No, they weren't always involved. Uh, we, me and Phil Nobile Jr., who is the editor-in-chief of Fangoria, we, he started with the idea because he saw how important Get Out, he saw the shockwaves that Get Out was going to continue to make. And so he was in a prime uh, uh, career position at the, at the time to pitch ideas to his company in order to get you know, the ball rolling on original programming. And so because we live, we live so close together, like he just invited me to lunch one day and we just kind of started talking about the idea. So we had pitched this idea to a couple of places for about a year. So, and it was, only, you know, it was, it was something that we really wanted to do. And one afternoon in Los Angeles, we were, I just kind of said to him, like, hey, why don't we just try Shutter? And he was like, yeah, you know, he's very casual. He said, yes, let's, let's pursue that. And we had a friend there, um, Sam Zimmerman, who was our biggest cheerleader in order to get the ball rolling. And it was, you know, I've said this before, it was literally the day after Jordan Peele won the Oscar where they said, okay, let's do this. And so that's kind of how it got started. Yeah. Shutter's really becoming a great channel. So many, so much uh, great content, the original stuff and, um, you know, great older stuff. Absolutely. uh, were they so you would say Shutter is very helpful? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean they 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 gave us their blessing. You know, they gave us a budget to shoot and to you know get everything together. And Xavier did a really awesome job getting a crew and creating the atmosphere for mm-hmm. production. It was it was fantastic. Oh, one I'm of sorry. the things I wanted to bring up that I absolutely appreciated from both Shutter and Stage 3 was them saying, like, we want to champion a young black director to come in and do this because they didn't have to make that choice, but uh, they specifically did, which, you know, that's why I was brought into the mix. And, you know, that's something I'm always going to appreciate from both the production team at Stage 3 and then also Shutter as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say one of the things I liked about it is I like documentaries anyway, but you know, sometimes they can be a little dry. It's just, you know, it's like an interview and a guy sitting there, a girl sitting there, you know, and they're just talking. But it was interesting to watch. And I really liked the pairing of people where they could, uh, it was more like conversation than like a person's being interviewed. Was was that like uh, one of your ideas to, uh, you know, how to present the documentary? So the whole thing that was, was... Ashley in it. Oh, go ahead, Ashley. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Xavier. Oh, yeah. So Ashley and the team had already been thinking about great stuff like this. And when they brought me the first rendition of the uh, of the entire, you know, pitch book that they had together for this, they had that one of the things they wanted to do was basically, you know, see through the eyes of the people who are watching this. And they wanted to have, you know, close up on the eyes, have this conversational uh, feel to it, which actually was something that I knew up front that I wanted to be a part of it when they were telling me about this. Because, you know, one of the beautiful things that black folks, you know, do is that, you know, we're in film and we're watching stuff we love to talk back and forth about it and what was really brilliant that Ashley and Daniel you know thought of is they were putting you know the touches before I even came into was trying to implement something like that mm-hmm. yeah and it totally works how, how did you uh, go about like who you who would pair with who uh, so Ashley you want to jump in that one 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It was pure luck. It was really, it was, it's the nature of the beast when, you, when, when you're putting a film together. It's about who's available when. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's really, you know, we, we did our best to pair people in the correct way. I know I was a big part of um, deciding who I would think would be best. It was kind of like, you know, Danielle Burroughs is also, she did, the most, she did a lot of the other, other back-end production stuff, and she was you know, coordinating all of, you know, the people we were getting for certain days. And it was kind of just like, you know, for example, Miguel Nunez and Kelly Jo Minter. I'm like, oh, they, you know, I was like, okay, they would be probably really good together if, you know, they got along, if their schedules permitted them to be together at the same time, because they're around the same age. They, um, you know, I, I had a I had a gut feeling that they kind of swam in, in, the, in the same circles as far as like the, the gigs that they had. Because I know Kelly Jo Mentor, you know, she did horror movies, but she also did House Party. And Miguel Nunez does a lot of um, you know black films as well. And so um, I was just wondering. I'm like, I wonder if they know each other. I wonder if they have a good rapport. And just luckily enough, they actually did get along really well, and they were willing to sit with each other. So again, you know, Ken and Keith too, um, really great guys. Yeah. They got along well. So yeah, it was really it was it was a numbers game. It was who was, who was available when, and also just, you know, just pure luck that they were able to produce chemistry. Yeah. Now, uh, for those scenes, like, would you like just ask questions and let them talk or were you actually really filming, uh, you know, showing stuff on the screen for them to watch and talk about or kind of a mixture of both maybe. So the uh, interesting thing about it is one of the things, you know, we did behind the scenes is that like, of course, uh, I was behind the scenes and I was, you know, with the cameras and everything, making sure that like everything looked good. Ashley was the one that was specifically interviewing everybody there and going through all the questions because they had set everything up. And then after we got done with the interviews, we had this basically this, what is it, Ashley? Maybe like what a 20 or 15 to 20 minute clip that we had um, that was yeah. playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like the 20 to 15 minute clip that basically had all of the films that we knew we were going to talk about in the documentary. And, like, once we got done interviewing them, we just asked them to sit down for a second, let's set up the cameras, and let's, like, just allow you guys to, like, see the clips that's going on and basically kind of let them, you know, just have a conversation with each one that comes up so that way it just felt natural. And a lot of the times they already knew a lot of the films. So when the ones that came up that they knew, they would just kind of go on and on about it. The ones they may not have known as well, they just go back and forth asking about it. And it just made the atmosphere more conversational. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, from Ashley's background, I assume she's been a longtime horror fan. But, uh, Xavier, yeah. yeah, Xavier, were you were you a horror movie fan before uh, getting involved? Well, the whole thing is like you know I grew up on older stuff like you know like a, like Candyman, of course, Event Horizon, seeing that type of stuff. You know, when I was younger, but I admit, like I definitely wasn't as into the culture as Ashley was, like by any means. Um, so it was really one of those cases where I'd always known it, always watched this type of stuff, but it really wasn't until I came into filmmaking myself, like maybe about a decade ago, and then also um, seeing that this was something viable that I could be a part of that I really started like going more towards that route. But definitely the team that was there, especially Ashley and Tanana Reeve and the folks that were behind it, they've been in this and been a part of this much, much longer than I have. Mm-hmm. So, Ashley, like, when did you start to get into horror movies? Like, around what age? Oh, I was barely, I was barely out of toddlerhood. <laughs> right. <laughs> I started Very similar. super early. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've said this before. I, I, I always love saying it. Like, I had a, 
very uh, laid back mom growing up. So a single right. parent home and, you know, she was all about bootlegging HBO horror movies <laughs> when uh-huh. she could get it. And ha- so we had a library of films to choose from. And um, she was cool with, you know, me just kind of exploring, you know, artistic avenues of, of you know, being exposed to different films and, and, mu- and films and music that, you know, she was watching and that, you know, she was, you know, she, she was really happy to kind of, you know, get me involved in stuff. She would take me to the movie theaters all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started watching Hellraiser, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. I started watching that stuff um, early because I was, I was an 80s kid. And I just loved it. I just, I love the monsters and I love the special effects, but I also loved like these, like I, I loved like the final girl trope before I knew what that actually meant. So uh, right. all these kind of cool things combined and me just being a weird kid in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I really was drawn to it. And then, yeah. you know, as I got older and I, and I just realized that um, I knew that I wanted to see more representation of people of color in the genre. So mm-hmm. a similar uh, story. There's a single mom and my, my brother's nine years older. So she would take him to the drive-in back in the eighties. And instead of getting a you know babysitter, just take me along. So I was going to see horror movies since I was like five or six and, uh, oddly enough, the earliest one I remember seeing is Night of the Living Dead, which is, a, you know, obviously a big part of the uh, documentary. For sure. Yeah. So, um, wh- you said uh, when you started to get uh, um, older, you started to uh, pay attention to like how black people were portrayed in the movies. So, what about like what age would you say? I would say much, much, much older. I mean, when I was about seven or eight, when I saw A Nightmare on Street 4, and that was like the first black nerdy girl I think I saw in a horror movie. So mm-hmm. that kind of really made my eyes kind of go huge because it was just like this revelation of like, oh my God, I can, I can be a part of this genre too, in a sense. I kind of felt that way um, as a kid. But it was also, but I, but I think, you know, I guess for me, taking classes in college and stuff like that. And like, I, I'm starting to like do the interdisciplinary studies where you're basically, you can take a, you can take American studies. You can do all kinds of, you can do liberal arts, you can do women's studies, you can do black studies and all these kinds of things and kind of starting to really intellectualize the whole, what it, what it really meant to just not only see myself on screen, but like also I was seeing characters that were becoming disposable. And I think when I started to realize what I wanted to write about, what really made sense as far as my writing voice was understanding that, I wanted to see characters of color that had meaning. I, I, it was kind of like what we did in the documentary, right? So we're mm-hmm. talking about how society is treating blacks in a sense in, in, in some kind of social political error and also how that had us being mirrored in, in horror films. And I think for me, it was about wanting to, I've always been pushing to see characters, especially in a genre that I love to be, fully fleshed out and be treated like, you know, be human, like have layers and have screen time, significant screen time, and not just any, you know, bodies for the body count. And that's what I, that's what I want out of the horror genre, even more so. Even though we've gotten it, but it has never been consistent. Mm-hmm. Well, when did you start to go back and look at, like, older horror movies, like, uh, you know, from the black exploitation era, or, you know, or even earlier? When I started, when I started Graveyard Shift Sisters back in 2013, so I would say really I spent 
I, I'm going to guess, like, because that's all a blur now, honestly. Okay. But I'm, I'm guessing, like, 2013 to 2015, I spent a lot of time going back and watching those old movies from the 70s and even watching the older ones from the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think, uh, horror, for both of it, do you think horror movies is a good um, reflection of, like, uh, the social atmosphere of the time they were made? Xavier, uh, you want to take that? Yeah, yeah, I can, <laughs> absolutely. So 100%, I think they are absolutely. I mean, you could take it all the way back to the 1950s uh, with Birth of a Nation and how that was a direct reflection of what America was going through and how they were treating black folks and how they viewed us. It was a case of, you know, black people being terrorized in a type of way and this uplifting, uh, this uplifting of white supremacy of the Ku Klux Klan. And that was, you know, like 100% something that was happening right at that moment. I think a uh, uh, another, like, a good good thing to bring up it's like you take it all the way to the uh 70s with black exploitation now you know i think they brought it up like uh, ashley tanana reeve and robin both brought it up in there that while it's not a 100 percent true representation of what's going on because you know folks at that point we're pimps and hoes and things like to that degree but mm. at least you were seeing like some of the things that was going on at that moment and some of the things that folks were dealing with in certain type of films. So I definitely think, you know, throughout the times, like a, a great example, I think a good example is like Tales from the Hood within the 90s and all of the racial strike that was happening right then. And what Tales from the Hood was trying to do was give some of that restorative justice that we weren't seeing on a regular basis in there. So I definitely think that when you look at the black films, look at the black horror films that are happening throughout these eras, they are very reflective of the times and what's happening at that point. Mm-hmm. Now, it was interesting in the movie that you start with uh, Birth of a Nation, because I wouldn't think most people consider a horror movie, but the, uh, you know, especially the, the black guys like presented as almost a monster in the movie, or at least something to be feared. And, uh, w- do you remember what you thought when you first watched that movie? So, uh, for me, the first time that I ever saw that movie was back, you know, in uh, in film school. And I rem- honestly, I remember being, like, really, really disgusted. Like, why do I need, need to watch something like this? Because what made me angry was, like, you know, folks used to always be like, well, it's, yeah, it's a horrible film, but it's also truly innovative and amazing to film and what it pushed. And it's like, as a black person, I don't want to hear that type of shit. All I see is a overtly white supremacist, racist type of film. There's nothing there that I need to, like, you know, learn and be taught about um, by any means. So, honestly, it when I first saw it, it disgusted me because it really showed me how America viewed a lot of black folks like in that time. And in a lot of ways, some of those tropes, many of those tropes that you even see then still come up in the views of black folks. So uh, I just remember the first time seeing it, it was just one of the things where honestly, I wanted to walk out the classroom, but I was like, okay, at least let me force myself to see this one time. So I don't need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley, do you, do you remember watching it for the first time? Yeah, it was same for me. It was film school. I think it was the first year um, I started. I actually transferred colleges, so it for you know, for good reason. Because honestly, I mean, yeah, we were watching that. We were watching the film. Oh, for the, the technical innovations of it. But I'm just like, yeah, this is still willfully problematic. And even though the teacher addressed it, she didn't really go into depth. And then when I took a Black American Cinema course, I think it was a Black in mass media course at my at the school I transferred to, that's when we really got into, okay, this is kind of one of the foundations of how 
you know, we see black stereotypes portrayed in the media, specifically film. And so that's what, that's the class where we really went into depth about these uh, these images that we were seeing. And that was really nice to have, like, to, you know, to have an unapologetic discussion about what this what this movie is implying about black people and not just seeing it from the technical aspect because I am not a filmmaker. I am more of a cultural critic. So that's what I was more interested in. Yeah. Now, Xavier, you know, you said, like, you know, why do I even have to watch this movie? And uh, I can definitely understand that. Uh, do you think um, do you think it's still like an important movie for people to watch even just from just to see how like people used to be portrayed? I think that it's important. Like the whole thing is folks love to bring up the, you know, technical aspects and all that type of stuff it did. And personally, I don't think that that stuff is the most important thing to even be talking about. If you're mm. going to bring up this film, if you're going to bring up birth of nation, then you need to talk about the stereotypes. You need to talk about the um, domestic terrorism. You need to talk about the Klux Klan. You need to talk about blackface. You need to talk about these terrible implications on black life that were portrayed by folks who didn't understand black people and how those things are still even perpetuated to this day. For me, the only way birth of a nation is important is if you're actually talking about the topics that it perpetuated. If you're mm -hmm. only bringing it up to talk about the technical aspects that it um, revolutionized or whatever you want to call it, then you're not, you're doing a disservice to the folks that you're teaching and also to the folks that need to understand why like Hollywood being the cultural exporter, literally everything that we see, Hollywood is the reason why we view this type of way. And that is something that's been ingrained all the way back in the 1915s. That film for a long time was how the majority of people, specifically white folks, saw black life. And that's something that needs to be talked about because we still have that problem to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, Interesting you brought up uh, blackface because uh, just recently, that's like in the news and social media, and I see people, you know, uh, questioning why it's racist and why isn't whiteface racist, and uh, it's really strange to see that like a topic in 2019. Well, the thing to add about it, and then actually, I definitely I'll let you take over on this if you want to bring it up. Is like I, I feel like Frederick Douglass in like, what 1889 was bringing up the problems with blackface, like. The idea that blackface specifically is this new age problem that's happening right now, that's only becoming a problem now or being talked about, it just isn't true. It's been a problem since its very inception and use. It's just that more often than not in our nation, we don't want to deal with the problems that we've created. So we try to like throw it off as something that's new that maybe we just need more time as a nation to get over. But that's not true. We've been dealing with it since the foundation of this nation. This is something that needs to be talked about and eradicated um, right now because it's something that we've had to deal with since, you know, for a very, very long time in our nation. So, yeah. And because and because it, it's it's not taught, people don't see it as a big deal. We're not living in a time where people where you have an Al Jolson on television. You know, is so uh, so 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 uh, so str those images aren't so directly on television or or in media anymore. And so people think that these conversations are obsolete, and they absolutely aren't because people aren't necessarily taught history. It's you know it's. 
I will never forget being in college and being in classes and people are just like, why didn't we learn this in high school? You know, or why didn't we learn it in our formative and our more formative years? Because these things are really important and they, re- and they reverberate um, throughout history. And you know, some 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 people don't get some people don't get these lessons or some people don't seek seek out you know to kind of eradicate their ignorance on these topics and then it becomes this kind of sweeping judgment where it's like oh it's not a big deal where and it actually is and not understanding that black space is you know that again it goes it goes back to birth of a nation these are the kind of images that make it dangerous for people for people black people to even exist so and not understanding and not understanding that those chain of effects is really dangerous Mm-hmm. Now, uh, a lot of the uh, well not a lot but some of the early movies that uh, you go over I'd never even heard of like uh, Son of Ngagi and uh, now were either of you familiar with some of those movies before you were either reading the book or, or being part of the documentary I, I so, definitely was yeah yeah and for me like you know for example like I knew of our skimmy show and Spencer Williams because like I had heard about them in classes like every once in a while. But like honestly, like even hearing about Ingagi or Son of Ingagi was something that I specifically learned from reading the book and being a part of the documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um yeah, I, I know uh, I know about Son of Ingagi. Um I we even live tweeted it on Twitter <laughs> um uh-huh. a couple of years ago. So yeah, um, I know I know a lot about the film. I I guess because I was yeah I co-wrote it, so I actually kind of um, helping put together what might be best, and also kind of just especially asking Dr. Coleman, just kind of really just mining her brain for everything that she kind of remembers from the book, or or or, her, or the highlights um, of the research that she did, and what she was really passionate about talking about, and especially Tanana Reeve, who uh, was teaching a course on black cars, and she has a wealth of knowledge about this too. So just talking to them about these older films really helped um, give give context for, again, um, where black car has been in the past and, and as we move, you know, as we kind of move towards the decades following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, mentioned in the documentary about, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead, uh, the lead, like the, it wasn't written to, to be a black character. He just happened to be the best actor. And um, I always think that makes the movie, uh, that character specifically, like makes it more powerful. And also, I don't think it dates the movie because they're not even really necessarily bringing attention to it while you're watching it. Uh, how do you feel about that? Let's start with Ashley. How do I feel about Night of the Living Dead just in general? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, when you were talking, I kind of was thinking about, yeah, you're right. I think this, I would, I could kind of see this movie being shown today. Like it's, it, it's, it's, to me, it's timeless. I don't remember when I first saw it, uh, but I do, but what I, what I always love doing is I love hearing from people who were literally there in 1968, who went to, went to the theaters and went in droves. I love talking to older, um, my, my black elders, because especially the ones who are, who love pop culture and who love film, because they'll talk about the experience of like, you know, black audiences went in droves to see this movie because it was so revolutionary to see, um, a, a black, a, a a black leading character be so bold in this movie. And what Tananari says, which I found audience was laughing at now is that, you know, he, he's, he's beating up white people and he's beating up white zombies. And again, this was so, this was completely unheard of 
up to that time. So I think that's why it was so groundbreaking to see such a character um, be so bold. And also kind of the turning point is, you know, again, I think for the time it was also very, unfortunately, very typical and very expected to kind of see him be gunned down at the end. So I think for me, those, those, those images, they, yeah, I mean, that's, Night of the Living Dead is a landmark for a reason. And I think it's a, it's a landmark for a reason is because you, it kind of set a template for black horror from there on. And I think that's why I, I, I love how horror noir, how we were able to frame it, it was to, to see Jordan Peele's influence with Get Out. Because again, you, it's decades, decades on, this has kind of been a thing. It's kind of been this blueprint in a sense. And, to switch it up now in this day and age, again, that's another, this is, this is another milestone that's happening now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is one of the most influential uh, horror movies for like many reasons, but you know, zombies and then uh, the black lead and how he's portrayed and uh, just, you know, so many things about it. even just being a, a small budget movie and doing so well. It's weird that uh, zombies have become uh, so mainstream because I remember when I uh, 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 hosted a Dawn of the Dead panel years ago and Ken Free said when he did it, like it like ruined his career, like and even some of his friends like uh, like when talked to him because it was like a step up from from like pornography said at the time, you know, this really dark horror movie. And then, you know, today, like you can buy like uh, kids T-shirts with zombies on them. It's you know totally different. <laughs> That's so true. I, 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 I'm gonna. So my biggest theory on that is, is that because the fans of those movies became the creators, they right. um, became the people who got the clout, and you know, t- pretty much the past, the torches passed on to them, and so they're getting, they're able to get opportunities to put zombies on television now. Like, you know, The Walking Dead was one of the, was one of the biggest television... I don't think it's as big as it used to be, obviously. I think it was one mm-hmm. of the biggest telev- television shows out there for a long time. And again, it's... It, it's it, again, it's one of those examples of how um, zombies have reverberated and, and now it is, and now you have a whole new generation of kids seeking zombies and watching Night of the Living Dead now, watching Dawn and watching Day. And, you know, so there, it, it's it, it 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 started it started something it, it started something special and again I I really love that now fans are becoming the the creators we're we're becoming the people who are making the moves I love that yeah yeah now, along those lines Xavier um you said you weren't necessarily like a big horror movie fan but what were the movies that made you want to become a, a movie maker so one of the interesting things is like the stuff I remember watching back when I was younger was, you know, a whole bunch of the Spike Lee, Spike Lee films. Like, you know, that's something that I was going to see in my house regardless <laughs> because, you know, my folks, you know, really, really loved it. And the whole thing is like, you know, one of the things and the reason why I do love horror and things like that is I also grew up on like other stuff like, you know, anime, uh, Dragon Ball Super, Akira, Dragon Ball Z, things that I have to agree that really wanted me to go in and say like, I want to get my voice out as a filmmaker. And I kind of, the whole thing is like, you know, what really resonated with me on a bigger level was the fact that I wanted to like see black folks in the type of spaces that we usually didn't get to see ourselves in. So it's like, you know, a lot of times you like, you'll see black people doing comedy or drama and that's it. But it's like, I want to see us 
fighting us zombies. I want to see us in space. I want to see us on a sci-fi Mars, like, you know, out, you know, far, far away in the galaxy. Those were the type of things that, like, you know, I really wanted to, like, feel and see on a regular basis. And that's what kind of pushed me to, like, go out and say, I want to get my voice out there. And those are the type of things that I want to make on a regular basis because, you know, as a kid, I'm watching something like anime, like Dragon Ball Z. And even though it's great, I wish I could see a black person in there that looks like me beating up the bad guys. And that's something that I knew that hopefully as I got older, I could actually put out there. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll mention Get Out a few times. Uh, first of all, like, uh, was Jordan Peele, like, uh, was he was he easy to get involved in in horror noir? <laughs> uh, yes, with a lot of uh, just just I think it was just scheduling was probably the biggest hurdle, and you know it was it was it was a very smooth kind of like you know interaction. It was just getting um, a hold of his assistant. His assistant passed on the idea to him, and I believe he was filming us during the time we're doing something involving us. So there was a lot of like him traveling. So we were fortunate to get to monkey paw and get him for a few hours and were able to shoot his interview. I mean, it was, it was pretty, it was a lot of back and forth, but it it worked out really, really well. And he was, and the, yeah, I think the bottom line is, you know, his interest in doing the project was all that mattered. We just had to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, get out itself, like, um, is a because I mentioned earlier about like you know now horror movies more mainstream than they used to be, and so you know that that uh, that also helped you know get out because it was up for Academy Awards, and I know I'm a lot of horror fans themselves. Like, hey, this is a horror movie that's uh, that's getting recognition. But uh, how, how did how did the movie itself impact you when when you saw Get Out for the first time? Well, I think the biggest thing for me and what was so big about it um, or really pushed me is that, like, as a filmmaker, um, Mm -hmm. you know, going to USC, learning all my type of stuff through that through the film school, um, a lot of times, like, horror wasn't even really put out there as something that you could do or would be viable in general. So when it's not even set up as viable on a, on a bigger level, as for me as a black person, it's like, Damn, should I even be dealing with this or thinking about this and going that route? Because will I be able to, like, make my career in this type of stuff? So, you know, when Get Out came out, and not only is it, like, you know, a black main character, but what I think was huge for me is that this was a film that did amazing, and it specifically dealt with um racial issues that weren't like you know super subtle that weren't um just off to the side it was very in your face it was a racially based horror film and that was something that you know for me as a filmmaker i thought was completely off limits because most folks would be absolutely scared to make something like that and to see it soar in that type of way kind of let me made me feel like that maybe the type of work that I want to do that deals with my race, that deals with my blackness is something that folks aren't going to run away from when I put that on the table. So that's what really like stood out to me more than anything else. It made me feel like I didn't have to be scared about the type of creativity that I wanted to put out into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley, what, what did you think of the movie when it first came out? Yeah, I was pretty blown away by how overtly he was able to express um, 
racial microaggressions and put it into the context of horror because I, you know, I, you know, I, I love being black, but it is, it is a chore sometimes. And it is a chore because the emotional expression or catharsis that you need in order to feel like a fully functioning human being is, it, 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 it's, um, it, it is maddening. It is horrific within itself kind of grappling with, you know, dealing with race and racism on, on a daily basis, almost every second of every day of your life. And, um, also diving into these other deeper themes of, um, of, 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 you know, space of, I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting too deep here, but like, I, I, I loved all of the themes he was pl- kind of playing with. I, I, I honestly, I still have a hard time expressing how I feel about the film. I know I loved it, but it's just so, it's, it's so layered and it's, it, it, it's, it's so brilliant that, I can still watch it to this day and still get a lot out of it. So I love the fact that, yeah, this is a film that's directly dealing with race. And again, he's kind of subverting, he's he's subverting these tropes about who is the hero. And also, again, um, not making any white saviors as well. Like, I'm, it's really, yeah, this, (laughs) I have uh, this is why I didn't say much in the film about Get Out. I'm just like, what else could I possibly say that everyone else has not said brilliantly? Because I just don't right. have it. It's just it's really hard for me to say more beyond I loved it. Yeah. And uh, well, how how do you guys both feel about the ending? Uh, do you think they they uh, picked the the right ending? Oh, 100 percent. They really, really did. Like I'm so so happy that our character didn't get gunned down. He didn't get, you know, he didn't go to jail. He didn't have anything bad happen to him at the end. Cause it's like, you know, and we bring it up in the film. Like we've seen that all the time. We've seen mm-hmm. black folks in jail. We've seen all of those um, sadder endings. Like it was great to see a character that looked like us, that understood what we go through actually triumph in the end he 100 i don't think the film would have been as impactful and as strong and as culturally relevant if he had a chosen ending that wasn't like this or if his ending had been more you know quote-unquote realistic or bleaker Mm. ashley do you have an opinion on the end sorry yeah i i I think this i think i'm also kind of piggybacking on an opinion that um dr coleman had about get out i love what i loved about it was the communal aspect i think clearly every every little minute thing in the film was intentional but having um little rel howry as rod be in the film was 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 so imperative to the film he was not only like the chorus but he was also this his character was also the symbol of this ideal of a, a black community and you know, and, and aspiring to have a healthy black community of looking out for each other and taking each other seriously. Like I said, it kind of it kind of comes full circle when we talk about racial microaggressions. We can talk to each other about these things because we because we because we know them, we experience them, and we don't have to say more than really two words about them because we all we we as black people have experienced them. So when Rod takes very seriously what's going on and to to the very end, so to see him come out of that car, that was. That that was, it wasn't just about Chris being the hero, but it was about the community that was backing him. It was about like you know maybe this is something we need to aspire to even more so. I mean, we need to really pay attention to the fact that like 
being a black community and being united and being and being supportive of each other is, is, is very critical to our survival. And that's what I loved about the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 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 kind of feedback have you both gotten um, for for horror noir? So it's been the the here's the crazy thing: the best feedback or the most critical thing we've gotten is that folks wished it was longer. That's the mm-hmm. biggest criticism that we've gotten: that they wish that this had gone on more, there was more to talk about or more to get into, because you know, folks for the most part have been wanting to just get more into you know uh this uh, this specific um type of understanding and you know what we're uh, speaking about so honestly that's been the biggest criticism that i've seen that we didn't give enough folks uh we didn't give give folks enough which you know within itself that's almost like a a good constructive criticism that's what you want to hear it's a lot better than man i wish this would have ended a lot sooner you you don't want to hear that (laughs) right Yeah. yeah Uh, how about you, Ashley? What kind of feedback do you think? Uh, what, what kind of feedback have you gotten for the movie? It's the same. I've been monitoring. We've all been. We, I think we've all been obsessively. All of us cast and crew have been obsessively looking at um, at all of the uh, feedback that we've been getting about it, and it's definitely been that they wish it was longer, and also that we wish we expanded more on in certain spaces or mentioned certain films. But yeah, it's, it's the nature of the beast is like some some films just didn't come up. Like you know, as far as during the inter- during the interview process, it was me a lot of times throwing talking points at them, kind of chronologically to kind of gauge mm-hmm. what they were immersed in with a particular era, like the '60s, '70s, '80s, and so forth. And um, so, yeah, I mean, Phil's original idea was for this to be a four-part series. God help us, if it was. I mean, it would be more fulfilling, but we'd probably still mm-hmm. be working on it. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, I mean, I was love to kind of expand this if possible and yeah, yeah. I, I do i do it you know why not yeah do you have uh do you have more footage like uh, how much footage you have to edit it down to like 90 minutes Ooh, uh, more than 12 hours I, i'm pretty sure yeah oh are there plans to uh to put out like a blu-ray or dvd release That well, is a I mean, shutter decision. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead, yeah. Xavier. <laughs> you know, I was, was going to say the exact thing she said. That's really up to shutter right now. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting time with, like, uh, so many things, you know, streaming on uh, on different sites, you know, and what happens, to, like, to the physical media, the, you know, is it released or is it just always there uh, digitally? And well, what, what do you think about that? Uh, do you have a thought on that? I'm like... Um, uh, people, because some people say like physical media is going to go away completely, and I know even like Best Buy doesn't sell CDs anymore. You can't buy like music CDs there. And uh, do you think uh, there'll always be physical media? Hmm. Um, so to be, I think that yeah, at least for at least another one or two, maybe three generations, we'll still maybe just one or two, but we'll still have physical media because there's always going to be those folks who are going to want to have something in their hand. It's the same reason why, even though we got Kindles, we still have books and folks still want something physical in that way. But I definitely think that the industry in general is going more towards streaming. It's going more towards digital in general, just because of the fact that not as many people are really hitting the theaters 
like they used to, like the blockbuster isn't the same, of, isn't what it was 10 or, 10 or 20 years ago. Um, just having one big name like a Tom Cruise or Will Smith is enough to get folks in seats. So, and the whole thing about it is a lot of times folks have kind of realized, oh, it's a lot more fun to just sit in my bed and watch these films versus, you know, having to go out there, pay the money, pay for popcorn and all that type of stuff. Um, so I definitely think that in general, we're going to see more films being on streaming, being online, coming out there first. And it's really more of the old vanguard that's more so fighting to keep the cinema experience, which, you know, we should still have that. It's still something that folks should be able to enjoy, but it's never going to be as big as it was 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. That's just not the uh, type of economy and market we're in right now when it comes to films, and that's not where films are going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with whatever, everything Xavier's saying, and also just as a consumer, it, it, it's a lot more convenient when you can just wait maybe two months in order to see that film you really want to see. Um, I am the kind of person... If I haven't seen a movie a thousand times, I don't want you talking. You want to see like there's a lot of things I don't like about the nature of the public going to a theater, which is why I will see a matinee or I'll go in the middle of the week if I do if I go at all. Because sometimes that's it's again it's it's about convenience now with streaming with streaming platforms and thinking about where we are. and, and, and this time, especially with especially with cell phones now, people want to be on their cell phones in the theater. It's distracting. So there's a lot. There's so technology on top of technology kind of dampers sometimes the theater experience. Is why sometimes are people more reluctant to go. And yeah. um, also, I think though I I'm going to be hopeful and say that there's always going to be film buffs and film buffs like me who are always going to want physical media, who are always going to go to Criterion, Shout Factory, Vinegar Syndrome, and get those and get those Blu-rays because right. that we want those Blu-rays so bad. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's always going to be people like me, um, a big enough market who are always going to buy physical media. Yeah, yeah. I say that with a giant stack of DVDs and Blu-rays here. Right, but I'm past my head. It's very large. So, yeah, I agree with that. I also, I also do enjoy going to see the movie at a theater, even if it's the one I've seen a lot of times. Uh, uh, in Boston, lucky to have some ones that will show you know old movies on mid- at midnight. And uh, for me, there's no. But I mean, I like to watch stuff on 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 my computer at home too. But kind of a, uh, I I just like movies. I guess. So I was yeah. uh, I was happy to have uh, to to see uh, William Crane in um, in horror noir. Um, big fan of Blackula, and uh, when did you like discover black exploitation movies and start to to watch them? You know, as a genre. We'll start with Ashley. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I know sometimes it's just hard with multiple people. Actually. For me, I, I discovered um, the the horror subgenre of black exploitation before black exploitation um, in general. Uh, yeah, because I was more into horror first, so I, I discovered that first. And again, that was around, it was later, it was around like 2013, like again, 20, 2013 to 2015. Um, of course, because, you know, having a mom who's such a huge film buff, like, you know, she she saw everything. And so, again, I loved, I loved hearing her conversations about um, black exploitation films, so she would talk about them. So, I, and I would um, listen and just kind of... Um, get kind of like get the feel of the nature of like what those films were and what they entailed. So I was watching them. Some are a bit antiquated for me. Like I like the, mm. obviously I like more of the horror ones than the, the more general ones. Um, right. But yeah, well, I was going to say something else. 
but I don't remember what it was. But yeah, I mean, just one little like side note, like when we were kind of in the editing process and I was, we were trying to think of other black exploitation titles and um, themes, I literally texted my mom and I was just like, can you give me some themes as far as black exploitation that <laughs> X, Y, and Z? <laughs> she was helping uh-huh. me like throwing um, names at me so I could help. So she was definitely a part of the editing process too, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing with two heads could have made it, I guess. Uh, I think we had... But, uh, oh, I, might, I don't think it made the cut. I, oh, I think oh, really? that's the form we were working on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there is a there is a big difference in quality in a lot of Because, like, a Black, I think, is, like, you know, generally a very good movie. And then Blackenstein is a very not good movie. So, you know, there's a... It's not like they're all equal. There's or just like any kind of genre, though. There's uh, some very good movies, and so you know, ones that uh, aren't particularly great. the The funniest thing I think, though, about Black uh, Blackenstein Blackenstein is the beginning because it says Blackenstein, and then underneath is the Black Frankenstein. Like in case you, <laughs> in case you didn't understand the title. Uh, Xavier, what was that? Uh, anything like? Uh, that he would watch before uh, doing the documentary? So things like I saw like older stuff, like, you know, like, um, you know, seeing Shaft, seeing uh, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, seeing Kofi. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing, since I was in film school, there was definitely some ones like that, Cliff Hatcher-Drones, Dolomite, Superfly, that I had seen because I was just kind of reaching out for them, especially when I was trying to figure out like, you know, what's some older stuff that I can kind of take certain things from to bring into my own films. Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, I enjoyed some of them, but at the same time, I was like, you know, damn, why is everybody, you know, pimps and stuff like that on a right. regular basis in these type of films? So it was a case of like, I appreciate it for what it was. I was happy to see my face in it. But at the same time, it was never just really my favorite type of work in general, just because it really didn't speak to me in the same way like the films and stuff in the 90s did. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, maybe expanding uh, on this. Is that anything you've talked with uh, Shutter about either doing a sequel or a series? I will not comment on that. All right, fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Fair. <laughs> well, I definitely yeah, like to see some of it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, it's not a, well, I don't even know what genre to say the movie is, but uh, do you either have any opinion on the movie Sorry to Bother You? It's got a lot of horror moments. I thought it was like one of the best movies of last year. Yeah, I saw it. I really, really, really loved it. I mean, just specifically yeah. because of the fact that um, uh, Boots Riley is such a, just a, a revolutionary, socialist-type-minded filmmaker. So, so much of his ideals and what he believes in drips into the film. Like, you can't who he is and what that film is, is one in the same. And because of that, it's just a wild ass ride that you're not expecting. And I just really, really loved it. Honestly, I think it should be one of the films that should be Oscar nominated right now, but you know, it is. I agree. Yeah. Ashley, you have any thoughts on it? No, you don't want to hear my thoughts on Sorry. Fair enough. I, I was glad that you guys said uh, the girl with all the gifts uh, mentioned in the, in the horror noir because uh, that was another movie I thought was great and it's uh, underappreciated. I don't really hear a lot of people talking about it. Yeah, I don't know why people don't talk about it a lot. I saw it, I first saw it at Fantastic Fest in 2016. Um, I, that was like I was you know hyped for that one because you had this little black girl centered around this um, zombie zombie narrative and. 
So I, I really loved it. And I, again, it took a few watches for me to really grasp what was what was going on. I mean, I understood it because I think I, I wrote a I wrote a um, I wrote a review soon after I, I saw it for the first time. But now, but I would, uh, again, one of the things I love about film is that we, we're having these like conversations about it. Like we're, it, it, it's all kind of like it's circling and it's expanding, and more people are kind of jumping in with their perspectives. And so I love. I love that we were able to incorporate that in the film and that, you know, people had some really great intelligent things to say about it. Um, Tananari, Rachel True, um, and also Ernest Dickinson kind of um, coming into that fold and kind of talking about the film. I thought it was great because, you know, Tananari, I think made the point, she, it it is 100% true. I mean, she, again, kind of what Get Out did is subvert this trope that we've seen throughout, throughout the decades. it doesn't fall into that trap. It does something very revolutionary, and that's it, that's astounding. Mm-hmm. Xavier, is that, is that was that a movie you're familiar with before uh, doing horror noir? I'm sorry. Uh, say say the name one more time. I I I blanked. No, it's no problem. The girl with all the gifts. So yeah, that is that was something that I had seen before, and I was okay. This is on point. Like I really really enjoy this a lot. And I did notice it didn't really get the love that I think it deserved. Um, but, I mean, what kind of, like, jumped me into it and be like, okay, I got to check this out, was that I was seeing something that was post-apocalyptic um, that dealt with, like, uh, zombies and, like, in a different way. But also, again, yeah. had a black person in it that was the lead. So that made me be like, okay, let me take out the time to watch this on my own because even – uh, when I was in film school and folks, you know, peeping stuff like that, nobody wasn't really talking about it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I had heard about it before, but it was kind of nice when I saw horror noir specifically, like everybody talking about it within the team, just because it was something that I enjoyed, but I wasn't sure if that many folks even knew about it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's hard to do an original take on a zombie movie, I think, you know, because you've done so many different things with it, but... It was uh, one of the more original uh, zombie movies I've ever seen. Really, really dug it. So where can you follow Horror Noir, like, if you want to find out more information? So uh, it's actually pretty simple. So on Facebook, it's literally just the name Horror Noir. You can find it automatically. On Twitter, it's Horror Noir Film. And then on Instagram, it's the same thing, Horror Noir Film. So if you follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, you're going to end up getting all of the same information. So either one, like follow all three of them, but of course you can choose one, whichever social media you like the most. Right. And uh, Ashley, can you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Graveyard Shift Sisters? Um, sure. It's a blog that's about five plus years going now. It's, it's an entire uh, digital resource um, that doc- that's been documenting black women and women of color in the horror genre. And that's film, television, uh, comic books, uh, and also fiction writers. Um, there's also a Tumblr page that's like a that's a massive archive of just um, black women in the horror film and television that, you know, if, if everyone says, oh, there's no black women in these films, there's I, I literally have scans hundreds and hundreds of women who have been in horror films, minor roles, major roles, what have you. And so that's basically what it is. And it, it kind of evolved over the years, obviously. It, it, is, a com- it is a community first of um, black women creators who are interested in the horror genre, but it's also a, a, a building scholarship on black women who have been a part of the horror genre in the past 
um, present and the people I'm looking forward to working with in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have any uh, projects in the works, Xavier? So, yeah, I've got a couple of things that I'm putting out there. So essentially, like I have a small indie drama uh, on time that like I'm trying to I'm pitching around to folks because it's specifically something that I made to work in anywhere from the 500 K to under a million um, budget. And I really am trying to like, you know, we're trying to push that out there. Another thing that I'm specifically working on is an animated show that deals with a post-apocalyptic world that's based on black internet culture. It's called Sankova. We've gone out to a couple of folks now. So we're just looking for a showrunner that, you know, will be interested in coming on to something like this. And then on the flip side, you know, what I'm really pushing for now is after doing horror noir, like, you know, I told, like I've had some really great meetings and essentially I'm just letting horror fans know out there that if you have a horror film, it deals with black folks, reach out to me because I'm looking for those type of scripts that like I can bring to the people who are interested in what I'm doing next as well. How would they reach out to you? That's the best way to contact. Yeah. So on social media, they can, on Twitter, they can find me at X. LNB on Instagram is XLNB stories. And then uh, the easiest way is I have an email that's open to the public. Literally anyone can hit me up if they want to hit me up. And it's XLNB Twitter at gmail.com. And if they have a horror feature, a horror, you know, horror feature script and they feel strong about it, it deals with black folks and or it deals with POC. I want horror fans, folks who are interested in this genre to reach out to me and send me their work. Very cool. And uh, Ashley, I know, uh, you know, before this, you weren't someone who uh, worked in, in movies, but uh, after Horror Noir, do you have any interest in uh, in uh, pursuing something else within movies? I'm interested in working behind the scenes when and if, when and if opportunities arise. Um, I'm still a writer at heart. So getting back to that, I'm, I'm really antsy about doing that and hopefully I'm continuing to be a writer and an educator. But again, if I have an opportunity to do more in this field behind the scenes, then I'm more than happy to. Cool. And uh, do you have a social media or anything for people to follow you specifically? I'm, I'm mostly just on Twitter. Um, you, can, I, you can find me at Graveyard Sister there. And yeah, I, that's kind of a one for all. Mm-hmm. there <laughs> alright cool well, I want to thank both of you uh, for coming on I love Tour Noir and I hope uh, everyone who's seen it uh, digs it and I hope uh, people haven't seen it uh, check it out thank you alright great thank you so much sir thanks you're so sweet it's unbelievable such a treat and now I need you so I I I cut up your head you're so fine it's
All right, and we are back here after a month. Welcome a long back. Time. Thank you very, very much. We're here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. Uh, that would make me terrible, Troy. Mm. Yeah, I was even a... out of practice with that. I, I wasn't really sure who I was. Right. It's weird. Last night I, I posted, you know, I was trying to be silly and I was like, it's been, I haven't done an interview and, and then a month. The last interview I did was Larry Holmes, former heavyweight champion. Nice. You know, and I was like, it's a, it's a young man's game. Does this old man still have it? And then uh, when I was doing the interview at the start, I, I kind of was like, man, a little rocky. But then I say, oh, I man. put the curse on myself. But yeah, uh, I think it went very well after that. All right. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And I hope people check it out. Horror Noir. It's on Shudder. It's a history of black uh, horror. It's got tons of, uh, I don't even want to say the interviews. It's really like uh, conversations with uh, with people. And it goes over the history of um, how blacks were represented uh, within horror, mm-hmm. starting with not necessarily a horror movie, but it starts with um, Birth of a Nation. And it goes you know right up into uh, Get Out. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I haven't seen it yet, but um, definitely it's on my to-do list. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. It was uh, so many uh, awesome people in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like what we've met and talked to lots of times, like uh, Ken Free and mm-hmm. Keith David. Oh, nice. Uh, Tony Todd. And then uh, a lot of people anyone never talked to. Uh, William Crane, uh, the director of, um, of Blackula. That was pretty awesome. Nice. Oh, wow. Just uh, tons of people. It's hard to name them all. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely uh, worth it to check it out. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to. And it's also based on uh, or inspired. By, I don't know if it's based on inspired by what's the best word, but it's originally a book, mm-hmm. uh, which you can get on Amazon. And uh, I should, probably should ask this. I don't think the book is uh, like interviews and and uh, then people. I think it's, it's like more of just a history of uh, of the films and oh, okay. how they're portrayed throughout. So you could definitely get both and, like, enjoy them separately. Yeah, yeah. So we had uh, Xavier Bergen, who was uh, the director, and Ashley Blackwell, who was uh, the director and the producer. And I just found out just recently when I was looking on uh, the Twitter, Ashley's actually going to be in uh, Salem Horror Fest coming up. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, she's going to do the intro to uh, Get Out. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. Are are you going to attend i don't know because i'll be at buff next month and i think it's around the same time oh, i don't know okay. i'll have to look into this i'll have to look into this yep. looking forward to this uh boston underground film festival uh, i think it's the 17th one it'll be my second wow so you cool kids refer to this as the buff as buff as buff right. oh not even the buff it's, no, just it's buff, buff. Right. Boston Underground Film Festival. Uh, last year, my first one, I met uh, some people I knew and then got to meet some new people. And it's very cool get to see them again this year. And uh, I also saw, you know, Michael Epstein and Sophia Catrioli, uh, uh, guests here on, on Without Your Head. Met them a few times. So it's uh, they're going to be there. So it'll be very cool to uh, to hang nice. out and watch movies. Absolutely. Always a good time. Yeah. So I don't think. Let me check, but I'm pretty sure it's not up yet. Uh, their official like lineup. Oh, okay. But you can help uh, get this thing going because you can. Uh, they have like a GoFundMe thing. You know, they do that every year. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about it is it's not like you just get money and you don't get anything. 
it's basically you can, like pre-order your tickets, uh, you know, get like buff stuff. That's what, what I did. I actually did the one where I got uh, the buff swag club. Oh, and nice. so, I got, so I'm going to get the Boston Grand Film Festival T-shirt, enamel pin, magnet sticker, and button. You know, that's, that's probably bucks. all stash stuff you would get anyway. You know, when you were there. Right. I went to get that last year's shirt, but they were actually sold out. So oh, I'm wow. happy I'm going to get one this time. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. So I don't believe it's up here yet. The, uh, you oh, know what? Up. Yeah. But it'll be up there soon. I'm pretty sure. And they're mm-hmm. almost at their goal. Oh, excellent. Only less than a thousand away, I believe. Sweet. So for people who aren't aware why we haven't been here. Yeah, tell them your story. All right. So sit around and listen to Uncle Nasty Neil uh, talk about this. You might have heard it if you listened in your head. But what the hell? You'll hear it again. So uh, let's go. Let's backtrack three years ago. Actually, uh, I at Buff because I was going. This was going to be the first Buff I attended. Mm-hmm. Uh, the night before, I was going to get up early and they do um, Saturday morning cartoons and all you can eat cereal. I was uh, I was very sick, didn't get any sleep. Uh, so I was like gas, but uh, the pain didn't go away. End up going to uh, the uh, the ER and I had diverticulitis. I was uh, it's still in immense pain. He's just like, ah, take some Motrin, sent me home uh, with uh, <laughs> <laughs> with big a big pill to take, uh, you know, um, antibiotics. And it's like, so I was on a liquid, clear liquid diet, not even just a liquid diet, clear liquid diet. So eat like water and chicken broth and like maybe Jello. But the pills on them, they say, um, you know, eat with a big meal. <laughs> so it's like, so I couldn't do that. So then. Now in my intense pain, then my stomach hurts because I'm taking these giant, you know, pills without any food in me. So the, the it gets worse. To uh, two days later, it's the most pain, the worst pain and the most pain I've ever been in my life. Uh, I was like literally screaming in pain. I didn't even think that was like a thing, but it was. Uh, Troy then took me to back to the ER and I found out the uh, the colon perforated, so all the waste in my body was uh, seeping into me, and I was dying, literally dying. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go into the whole thing after <laughs> that, but I had, I had surgery and, you know, and spent many months in, in the hospital, in rehab, and so thought all that was behind me. You know, then let's go in 2018, the end of 2018. A few times I had some pains, but I didn't think too much of it. I thought it was my diverticulitis up again. Um, but so anyway, I had this pain again. I started lumps, like, which I just thought was just natural um, because they didn't have it. They didn't hurt or anything. So, but then I had a really bad pain in my stomach. So I went to the ER and what happened was, was I had multiple hernias and there was a very large one that was being strangulated because it poked out of my, my uh, stomach muscle and the stomach muscle tightens around that and strangles it. (laughs) So it was like a blockage in my bowel. So, um, they were very worried. I didn't know what was going on. And they physically stuck them back in. The woman, with her hands, just, you know, stuck in my intestines and my bowel uh, into and under my stomach muscle, through my, just through my stomach. It was very, not feel good. No, I bet it didn't, because I bet yeah. it took a lot of force to yeah. do that. And uh, my blood uh, pressure was like uh, just insanity. There was like, and I have a heart attack. 
Uh, my blood sugar was like insane. Oh, everything was insane. Not good. I didn't find out a lot of this till later because I don't think they wanted to to alarm me that like yeah. it's like on death's door. And so yeah, somebody's uh, they, blood pressure is spiking. You don't want to make it worse by telling them crazy things. Right. So, so um so that was the end of November. Um they said we're gonna have to do surgery on this, so and uh but you got a lot of all these other things, so like uh, so I started to take all these medications. So after this, I start to get in better shape. I changed my diet, start walking. And from November to uh, like before surgery, uh, in total, I lost 73 pounds. That's just amazing, Neil. I just like, I, I got to congratulate you on that. Just if if nothing else had happened, that's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, I was very proud of myself. And it reversed a lot of the things, uh, the blood pressure medication cut in half. Uh, anything I had to take for the blood sugar is gone. Everything is is great. So that, that's us. So uh, so when I get the surgery, it's uh, to fix. They ended up. They said twelve, but my surgery surgeon actually said he lost count. Don't know how many, but they just said twelve. Twelve hernias, two large ones, and twelve total hernias. And so it's not like a, a usual hernia uh, repair, which. Usually you're in and out that same day. Yeah, I was on mine. Mine was just like a no muts, no fuss kind of thing. Right. So this one, they had to, they, the reason why I brought up the, sur- the the surgery from 2016 is it started because it was um, along the incisions of that surgery. <laughs> and so for this one, they had to cut down. They actually cut down the same uh, wound from the other surgery. Uh, and then what they they had to do, there's a technical term for them, I forget, but they fan out your stomach muscle. They kind of, they put slits in it, not all the way through, but enough so it fans out, they explained to me like an Asian fan, like you get in Chinatown. So they kind of butterfly it. Right. They butterfly my stomach muscle so it can cover all the, uh, the insides. And then they put uh, a mesh over that that's made out of tissue from a cow. Mm-hmm. They said it could be a pig or a cow. I found out it was a cow. That's cooler. Yeah. But so, you should say bull. Bull. All right. Because a cow, ah. somebody's going to want to milk you or something. Mm-hmm. That's not an udder. That's right. There you go. So, so, so then they sew back up and I lost my belly button. They cut it off or cut it out. Well, yeah. And I got all sewed back up. Fifty uh, something. Actually, the time before it's 73 or something. Staples, something like that. This time it was uh, 53, I think. So wow. Not actually as many, but it looked like quite a many. Yeah, it did. It did. So, uh, again, a lot of pain. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I, I got home about a week. Uh, when I got home, I kind of felt like maybe they sent me home a little too early because I was in a lot of pain. Uh, it hurt to sit up. It hurt to lay down. Uh, the only way I was kind of comfortable was in the recliner. Uh, it's taken a lot of, uh, not a lot, actually not a lot of pain kills, uh, pain pillars. Uh, they gave me 10, uh, um, oxy, uh, they're cottons, they're codones. So either way. Uh-huh. And, uh, I actually didn't use them all. So, um, but just to use if you're real in pain, but I did find that if I just took like ibuprofen and some, uh, Tylenol, it wasn't too bad, okay. but I couldn't sleep. So I started taking, um, uh, a lot of uh, sleeping pills because one would not get me to sleep, so that take multiple. Um, but really, last week, uh, well, I slowly started to feel better here and there. 
Last week, I really felt good. And this week, I wouldn't say 100%, but near 100% uh, recovered. Yeah. Yeah, you, you look like, you know, like you're back to normal, more right. or less. Yeah, I can actually sit in a chair. It's really weird when you're in so much pain that you can't sit in a chair. Like, yeah, that, that sucks. Yeah, couldn't sit in the chair, couldn't lay, lay down. Either laying down or sitting in the chair is very painful. But uh, in the recliner, but then it's, like, hard to sleep in a recliner. Like, you might be able to fall asleep and take a nap, but yeah, actually get, like, eight hours of sleep. Yeah. yeah very bad. So I binge watch a lot of movies, <laughs> and shows, uh, but I'm doing better. And I was very, I miss doing the show quite a bit. I like doing the interviews. I like talking to my brother here. I like talking with the Inchman over on uh, inside in your head. Yeah. I like doing inside your head. So I like doing the podcast. I like the you know interacting with all of the folks out there. And uh, I'm glad to be back. Well, I'm glad to have you back, Chief. I'm Thank glad you. everything went well, and you're a new man right now. It's yeah, great. Yeah. It's very weird. I'm like, so many emails lately about people wanting to come on, which is awesome, uh-huh. uh, on several of, the sh- several of the shows. And uh, just today, and I have to say, preface with this, it's not confirmed. Mm-hmm. So this possibility won't happen, but... An email today, actually be, not not long before the show, but not before the show, that uh, Bruce Dern might be coming on the show. No the, way. Yes. Oh, my he's, God. He's uh, He's got a guest star on a uh, on a show, Mercedes Man, I think, or Mr. Mercedes. No way. The Stephen yeah. King thing. Yeah. And they, and they uh, inquired if I'd be interested in the interview. And I was like, yes. Oh my and god! So uh, if he can work in the schedule when it gets closer to uh, the premiere, uh, Bruce Stern will be on with uh, without your head. That'd be pretty awesome. Wow! Oh, that's mad cool. Yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. So now we're back. I want to also thank uh, Mr. Mitten, Jason Mitten. He uh, kept uh, some, you know, without your head. We haven't had the interview up since uh, let's see, January seventeenth. Wow. So, you know, I want to say, but, uh, but he kept content on the site cause he's been reviewing tons of movies as is his way. As we've said, the hardest working, uh, critic working today. Yeah. This, this here are some of these, uh, Troy got a uh, survival of the film freaks, which he really enjoyed. And I, I want to watch this myself, mm. the documentary, uh, about horror movies. I love the, the movie poster too. It looked yes. great. Yeah, it's it's a ode to Maniac, which I said <laughs> yep. many times is the greatest movie poster of all time. Oh God, yeah. I do see they got rid of the bulge. Oh, they did. Right. Oh, I but, didn't even notice that. Yeah. But, but may, maybe so yeah. Awesome. Yeah, maybe you're not that into it. Nah, yeah, I'm posing, huh? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're just not. This guy's just not that. Not into the bulge, huh? Right. Or maybe he's just not that well endowed to, to notice. Oh it. yeah, it could be. Could be. He's no. Uh, oh, who's the old maniac? <laughs> yeah, can't think of his name. I know. But it's pretty cool. I guess uh, they talked to Joe Bob Briggs, Ted Raimi, Lloyd Kaufman, uh, William Sachs from The Incredible Melting Man. I love William nice. Sachs. Who's a who's a fellow Hawaiian shirt lover, and I found out that he actually paints his own Hawaiian shirts. Nice. I gotta. So he's gotta got see. like one of a kind suckers. Huh? Yeah, I gotta find oh. out about that. Maybe we'll start. Yeah. Paint. 
I'll put Troy to work and pay me some shirts. <laughs> That's right. You're like, Baz, can I get a new job for you? Mm-hmm. Or I'll just paint some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, well, I'm saying all kinds of people. Uh, that played at the Brattle Theater in Boston, I think, last month. I could make it, but uh, not the Incredible Melting Man. No, oh, survival. Oh, okay. well, well, actually, Incredible Melting Man did for they did. I think it was in November it played. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, see, I haven't seen that movie in a million years. I'd I'd love to see it again. I love William Sachs, and I love the Incredible Melting Man. I can't for all the wrong say, reasons. Yeah, which he which he is totally cool with when Dog. he talks to him. So. Let's go. Let's talk about the incredible melting man. I've seen it for all Troy, but it's basically ninety minutes of a man melting. <laughs> so the effects are uh, outstanding. Oh yeah, yep. And so you watch, and you're, it's really just to to see the progress, the progress of this man melting his eye slowly melting out. The storyline is this guy goes to space, comes back, he's melting from something in in outer space. Not only is he melting, but he, he eats people. Why? Never explained. He's, he's a hungry guy, you know? Yeah. And he, he just kind of shambles. He's almost like a zombie. He's like a shambler. But the movie is like a is a 90-minute chase scene where they're chasing him down. <laughs> so it's, peop, it's like the military and helicopters and tanks. Well, I don't know if they have a tank, but... And but like they run. can't quite catch a shambling guy. No, huh? he's no. just barely walking, walking around eating like fishermen and stuff. Look what pieces of them dripping off. Mm-hmm. Nope. There's two things in it that's my well besides the effects that's the best. But yeah, uh, I like that his name is Steve, and he's never called like the Melting Man. They're like, holy fuck, it's a Melting Man. It's they just run around yelling, Steve, and it's awesome that the monster in the movie is just called Steve. That is pretty cool. You're right. Yeah, I love it. That and the very ending of the film, I'm going to spoil the ending of The Incredible <laughs> Melting Man, you know, like a 45. So, right. so the end, he, he gets killed and he's just a big, it's a big splooge of, uh, <laughs> it's a big puddle of splooge, I guess he's, so he's just this, you know, he's melted away uh-huh. and now he's not a corpse. He's just, you know, hunks of goo. All and right. so, so he's like, hello. Yeah, right. It was like a, something like, I don't know if it's a military base or whatever. And so uh, the custodian comes in the morning and sees him. And then he just starts sweeping him up and throwing him in the trash. That's awesome. While the credits play. And I'm like, this is, that's fucking awesome. Yep. That's, there's a lot of reasons to love that movie. That's yeah. definitely one of them. Yeah. It's almost like, it even's kind of like, kind of like making fun of itself. It's like, let's just throw <laughs> this trash in the, in the trash. <laughs> Like, Steve didn't really mean shit after all. No. From what I understand, when I talked to William Sachs, we should get back on the show. I like the man. Um, when he made it, it was much more comedic. But then okay. they re-edited it uh, to uh, to make it more horror, which he's oh. not happy about. Uh-huh. Which, uh, I know it's been a while, but I think I told him he should just recut it, put out a new Yeah. One. So he wanted more like the stuff kind of going on. Yeah, which it predates the stuff. But yeah, he grew up yeah. watching like uh, like fifties, you know, B, oh yeah, sci-fi and stuff. And then that's when he was making an homage to that. Yeah, it does have that vibe. Like, um, what's the one with? Uh, oh, 
with uh, Lon Chaney Jr. I don't know if it's like the Radioactive Man or something. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah. You remember that one? Yes. He's kind of old and like drunken uh, uh, Chaney Jr., you know, and they're. I think uh -huh. they're doing the same thing with him. They're chasing him down. And he's just like going around. But I think he's. I don't know if he's eaten. See, I haven't seen that movie in so long either. There's either something about him. Maybe he's looking for radiation because he's the radioactive man. Mm -hmm. But I thought he was like eating electricity or something from places. But I might be wrong. Hmm. I'll tell, I haven't seen. I don't know if I've ever seen. If I did, it was probably when I was very young. Yeah. Yeah. Probably would have been. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I got rid of these or what. But when I was a kid, I used to collect those, the cheap Halloween masks, the ones where they were like the thin plastic with rubber oh, yeah. bands. Yep, yep. We used with a little a, band on the back. Yeah, yeah. And I used to have them in a big wicker basket, and uh, and I had an incredible melting man one. It was his eye dripping on the yeah. cheap stuff. I remember that one. That was a yeah. great mask. Yes, I don't know. But I know he was not happy because he's like, yeah, they put out a lot of uh, Melting Man and stuff. Because they even put out, recently someone made candles, which was very clever. I thought it's oh, like incredible. Oh, that's awesome. Melting. Yeah. But uh, he he has not seen a penny of, of this. Oh, that's not so awesome. No. So I can understand. Oh, yeah. I'd probably be a little better on that one. Maybe a lot better. Yeah, yeah. What did I watch? I watched a lot of stuff. Not all of it was horror. I did watch a lot of horror, so I can't remember exactly what, but um, I did catch up on all the uh, the Hulu. I forget the name of the series, but Hulu has, uh, they do a horror movie uh, for each month. <laughs> and I've, and it's always, you know, about the uh, about the holiday that month. I really liked the, the Halloween one. I really liked the uh, uh, Thanksgiving one before that. Christmas one was and they're original good. ones. They're yeah, they're original. Oh, okay, that's cool. The only one I didn't like was the New Year's one. I thought it, it was it's it pretty much sucked. Oh, really? It was just like these really annoying girls. I didn't want. I couldn't stand any of them. Uh -huh. And then like they kind of the one that's kind of like the bully. They like kind of turn on and kind of turn things around, torture. But I, I really hated it because everyone was super unlikable. Those are some of my least favorite ones. Yeah. And then after that was the newest one, which was uh, the Valentine's one, which was very good. It was uh, it's about two people stuck in an elevator. And pretty much the whole movie takes place in the elevator. 90% of it, they get out a little bit. But uh, which sounds like, you know, hard to pull off, but they they really did it well. And it's primarily just two actors and huh. the woman. It was very good. Yeah, that's I don't usually get too much more difficult, you know, if you if you just have like a couple characters. Yeah, so I definitely recommend those. I like them. Uh, I forget I forget the names. I'm sorry. I probably should release them. <laughs> you can find them on Hulu. Hulu, okay. Yeah, Hulu is a little hard to navigate. It's like they don't they don't have the best. Look. You know, like Netflix, you can go and like, oh, I'm gonna look what's trending or new. Or Hulu's just kind of like a big mess. Kind of hard to find anything. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a funny, uh, a funny place to try to navigate. Yeah, yeah. But they do have a lot of good stuff up in there. Uh, Shutter though, uh, Shutter's really becoming great. Oh man, Shutter, Shutter! You can find some really, really neat stuff on there. Yeah, 
It was pretty cool because uh, when they put out Horror Noir, they put up some like companion movies um, that they talk about. Like, oh, really? Some like the old black exploitation type things, or right? Uh, yeah. Let, let me go oh, nice. I'll tell you what's up there. I think uh-huh. uh, Tales from the Hood might be up. Oh, nice. Love that movie. Here we go. Newly added. Uh, let's see. Well, Horror Noir, um, obviously. Uh, Snoop Dogg's Bones. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that one. I haven't seen that one in a long time. Tales from the Hood. Nice. People Under the Stairs. Okay. Gonda and Hess, which I have not seen. Hmm. Uh, that's How a black, is that one? I think from the 70s. That's a oh. black exploitation movie that... Um, from under seventy three, so oh. I think this is the original cut, but apparently, like they recut it to make it more uh, horror like. Because they said like it's kind of a slow movie; it's a, it's a vampire movie, mm-hmm. and so like whoever you know produced it, it wasn't really going for that. They wanted just more of like a uh, just like a fast paced horror movie, kind of a silly mm-hmm. thing. So it was recut and renamed something else, like the the blood. Uh, Blood couple or something, but I believe this is the original cut. So I'm interested in watching. Oh. Yeah, I am too. That that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, this is not related to this, but they also have the loved ones up there, which I knew from years ago Jason recommended that to us. Uh, I really dug it. The loved ones. I would uh, oh, check that movie. It's on Shutter now. Is, is that a foreign film? Yeah, it's not it's not another language, but it's like uh, New Zealand or Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that one. I really, really dug that one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Of course, you get um, Joe Bob, and uh, he's going to be coming up weekly on there. What I like about Shutter is they get a lot of cool n- new movies and original stuff, and tons of uh, of classic stuff. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit for everybody. A lot yep. of foreign stuff too that you might not you know see otherwise. Yep, yep, yeah. I've been really, really impressed with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the changelings up there, deep red, this old dark house, lots of uh, lots nice. of nice stuff. So check, uh, check out Shutter. I can't remember everything I watched, but lots of stuff. Lots yep. of stuff. True Detective. Oh my lord! Next next week's the uh, the finale, and I thought the first. Uh, season of True Detective was um, one of the best seasons of any series ever. Agreed. With the Yellow King. Yep. Season two was horrid. Oh, the worst. The just I I can't think of anything I liked about it. It was just dreadful. Yeah. It it really. I think I'd have to think about it. it's possibly uh, Dexter from season four to five is a, is a big drop too, but. Right. It's got to be one of the biggest drops of quality from one season to the next. Oh yeah, I I don't even think like I I don't think number the second place I don't think would even come close. Yeah, I didn't even finish season two, and I'm Me kind either. of a completist on a show. Like if if I'm into a sh- even if I'm not necessarily like really into, it, I kind of have to finish it. Yeah, yep, yeah. You want to see what the payoff is, even yeah. if it's like uh, you know some kind of groaner thing, right? So I watched, I think, the first two episodes, and I was just like, I had no interest, and I've never had interest to go back to it. Nope, I was the same way. I think I might have, I might have been a little more diehard than you. Mm-hmm. I might have gotten like three right. or four, but that was absolutely it. I just could take no more. Yeah, 
And so I think that a lot of people thought that just killed off the, the series. Like that yeah. was the end. And I think it was the end for a long time. And then, uh, then you heard about season three and so I was a little skeptical, but, uh, uh so I think when I got out of the hospital, there was two or three episodes already, you know, up. Mm-hmm. And so I watched like, I watched whatever was up, you know, right away. And Oh my God, this is right up there at the first season. It's yep. amazing. I've only, I've only caught the first two episodes so far. Mm-hmm. And what is it? Eight total, or yeah, next next one's the final one. I'm not I'm not sure what number it is. Maybe okay. eight or, eight or ten. I don't know. Not that's not a lot. A lot though. It seems like a full no. lot. Yeah. So I'll definitely have to catch up with the you know the episodes I've missed because yeah. the first two I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily a horror show, but it's definitely like a, a dark thriller. Oh yeah. Yep. And I, I don't know, like the the actor in that is turning into like one of those guys. I'm definitely have to keep an eye on because yeah, I've, I've loved him and everything I've seen him in so far. Yeah, and I just saw that he's going to be Blade in the new. Uh, I guess uh, Marvel Universe is bringing back Blade. Rock on! I think he'll be a great choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in um in uh oh. Luke Cage. He was he was like one of my favorite characters in that. Yeah, definitely. He was killed off way too soon. I still yeah. like the rest of the season, but uh, it definitely dropped once he wasn't in. Yeah, he, they should have kept him around, you know. And mm-hmm. Just yeah, I love that guy. So, um, very exciting for me, and I think for you, uh, Twilight Zone has the the uh, trailer out. Oh trailer. yeah. It's and I, it was just so cool watching it. Like, um, I don't know when it comes out the actual series, but I can't April, wait for it. April first, yeah. Oh, Open very nice. Open sauce not a, like an elaborate April Fool Fool show. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> we got that, all you people, man. That that would yeah. be pretty awesome. That would be pretty epic. Way. Yeah. yeah, like I'd hate it, but at the same time, like, man, it's pretty fun. You could appreciate it too, right? So I watched the, and it's like uh, the this trailer's kind of uh, shown bits, I guess, of all, or maybe not all the episodes, but a lot of uh, the upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of little things that we obviously got, you got in the plane. Mm-hmm. You actually see a doll of the uh, of the old uh, gremlin. Which is awesome. I, I thought yeah. that was like one of the coolest things. Yeah, I loved it. And then you saw the, the devil head. The yep. little boss. That's, uh, I, forget, that's a, I think that's another Shatner episode, isn't it? Is it? It might I think be. So. Yeah, it, that was actually in this year when we did a uh, Secret Satan. That was uh, I don't know who got, I don't know if it was I'm going to say Jeremy Doobie. I'm not positive, but uh, someone uh, got that in the um, I don't know. It was, I think it was Rick Chandler got it okay. in the uh, the um, in the Secret, Secret Satan. Satan? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's too cool. Uh, I think it was a, an ornament. It was an ornament. Oh, uh-huh. so that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to. it. And I have no reason to doubt, uh, you know, Jordan Peele. He's no. he's been he's been bringing the good so far. Yeah. And I didn't mention uh, Jordan Peele is uh, is a big part of uh, horror noir. Very, oh, is he? Oh, yeah. awesome, good. So I, I don't know. I don't understand. I can't really find any information about this other than it's like a dark superhero movie called Samaritan. It's like a dark DC horror movie. I don't know, but uh, Sylvester Stallone is uh, was announced. I think today that he's going to be in it. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, 
Some places say it's like a it's a horror version of Superman, but other places just say like a superhero. Hmm. I don't. Is that the name of the character? I don't know. I think it's the name of the movie, but I don't know if that's the oh. name of the character. Or what? I don't know if it's even a real character, like from a comic. Oh, okay. Or if it's just something new and original. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find much information, but other than uh, Stallone was in it. Yeah, I'm. All right, I'm kind of kind of interested, but I I don't really know much about it. Yeah, actually, I don't know anything about it until you just mentioned it. No, me neither. But actually, Stallone just uh, finished filming. He he said it's the last time he'll ever play it, uh, Rambo. I hope so. The man's seventy something <laughs> years old. He's got to stop that. Yeah, you know, like uh, Rocky Balboa. That's fine. You know, like the new Rocky has a reason and. You know, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like he's now the kind of the Mickey for you know for uh, for Creed. Yeah he's, yeah, he's not out there actually boxing anymore. Right, right. But as Rambo, I don't know. I just that frightens me a little. Yeah, bit. I've never been a big Rambo fan. No. I think the first movie is very good, but yeah, I'll take the first movie and then just skip on. I I didn't even realize. I guess they had made like four of them. Yeah, this is the fifth one. Yeah, that's that's kind of scary too. I think yep. I think I forgot them after two. Yeah, I mean I love Rocky movies. Oh yeah, Some of, yeah. you know a fifth one I don't like at all. Fourth sure. one's pretty silly, but I still kind of like it. Oh yeah, but the first so three are great. Movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. first three, then Rocky Balboa and yep. both Creed movies are very Oh good. yeah, yep, agreed. How about this? Why didn't they? Why don't they do a Rambo Predator crossover? Well, you bring back you bring back um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. Yep. They they go and find him because he's the guy who killed the Predator back in the day uh, to fight the new Predators, and then he recruits uh, Rambo for his new like uh, squad. Oh, there you go. And then the Predator can kill them both. <laughs> good, good. Dutch and Rambo both both go down. All right. Or maybe glory. Maybe they, maybe it could just be Predator versus uh, what's the other movie uh, with all those guys, all the old dudes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right, the Expendables. Expendables. Did yep. they just uh, did they just end? Did they I guess so. Out? I don't know. I, I, did we see the last one? I think so. Our mom's a huge fan of like that series. Yeah, I remember. The, I think maybe the last one I thought was pretty shit. Yeah, that's when they brought in all the young kids. Yeah, it had Ronda Rousey in it. Yeah. Yep. Kelsey Grammer. Was he in it? I can't even remember. But Ronda Rousey in a movie with like some pretty bad acting. She really stood out as as an awful actor. <laughs> yes, she did. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't good at all. No. And then so in the in the land of like just all right, I'll get back to this one. Uh, I'll let no, you finish your point. No, 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 no go I was I was gonna go into a wholly different subject to so finish. Oh, it. okay. The um in the land, just because you had mentioned that one being kind of like a maybe a superhero horror type thing, and then you know Blade too, mm-hmm. I've been hearing a lot about um, the New Mutants being like a kind of a superhero horror crossover mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of the two from was it Sony before like or no Fox before mm-hmm. um, before they bought. Yeah, before they bought Fox, and 
these movies have been sitting on the shelf for like over a year and a half, which usually is a clue in that they're not going to be so good. Yeah, it's not. It's usually not like this movie's so fucking great. We gotta just we just gotta hold it here yeah. for a while. Yeah, we gotta hold it here for years till the right time. Yeah, that we put out this masterpiece. And like these movies, you know, they have some big actors. I mean, each one has one of the one of the sisters from uh, oh from Game of Thrones, you know, and. There's, you know, a lot of buzz and stuff, so I don't know why they just make them well over a year ago and say, okay, we're going to wait till the time is right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have no faith at all in that movie. No, I don't either. Uh, I, I, don't, I know there's fans out there of those, but uh, besides the, the first X-Men with... Uh, it wasn't really that great either, but... Like, it was cool seeing uh, Professor X and Magneto. Yeah. After that, I thought they... I don't know, I can't say I watched them all, so I can't say they are all appreciated. <laughs> but Logan was great. Logan was a, a legit... Yeah, movie. Logan was... That was kind of the anomaly of that group. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, uh, crazy good, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it didn't fit in with the rest of those at all. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but I was going to uh, bring up. I don't think we've talked about on the show. It was the 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 uh, trailer had come out a little while ago, not like a long time ago. But uh, first of all, we saw the first Pet Cemetery trailer. I wasn't too excited about it. Then they put out another one, a little longer one. And I, the people that were for this, were kept saying that you know this one was supposed to be more. Uh, more true to the to the original novel, mm-hmm. and e- even before the second one came out, I was like, I don't, I don't remember like kids wearing <laughs> animal masks and stuff. Yeah, beating a drum and all this other weird stuff. Yeah, and then this so this new trailer comes out, and there's I mean, Simon spoiler because they spoil it themselves. The, mm-hmm. the big twist in it is instead of Gage dying, the sister dies, and and they bring her back. And it's like, well, why? Well, exactly. What is, what is the point of this? Yeah, I, in the land of like unnecessary gender swaps, that one's yeah. Or you could have right up Gage, there. You could have made Gage a little girl. What difference would that have made? Yeah, if you want to do that, do it that way. Right, right. Yeah. I, and I don't, I don't see how it could be any more like poignant or like more of a tearjerker if it's the yeah. girl who's older, like. I, I don't get that. No, I would think it's even you know worse when it is. I mean, either way, it'd be awful. But yeah. I don't see why it makes a. But a, when it's this tiny little innocent person, you know, yeah. like, I think that I don't know to me would be even like more heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then, so if you're going to do that twist, whatever, maybe you have a reason. Mm-hmm. But why on earth do you show it in the trailer for the movie? I know, I know. Yeah, that. That one was beyond me. I I had little interest in this movie right from the get-go, but I think Lithgow was the only reason that I was like, well, I'll give it a shot, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't really know the guy that's the dad in it. I know, like, he's been in some shows or something, so a lot of people know the guy. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's kind of a, I think he's a good actor, but he doesn't, doesn't have a ton of charisma. He doesn't really stand out. Okay. I yeah, so liked just, I liked him in um, Brotherhood on, on uh, Showtime. I thought it was great. 
Oh, okay. But uh, and then he's he was in I think the second of the new Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, see, I don't even remember that, and I've seen that movie. Yeah, he was like the main bad guy in it, but oh. I really never think he stands out a lot. And yeah. I don't think he's a bad actor. I just don't think he is a lot of uh, charisma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I now I just I don't know. Even with Lithgow, now I really have no hope for this movie. Well, in that first, even the first preview, I thought nothing about it looked better than the first movie. Right, right, yeah, you really haven't upgraded anything at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't care what, I, it's weird, because I thought everyone, that was kind of a universally loved movie. For me, it was, like, the best, until maybe even, mo- until, like, some more, more modern stuff. I thought it was the best horror adaptation of a Stephen King novel to movie. Oh, I agree. I think it's as good as any, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, it. it. Yeah, because it keeps, like, all the shock value and just, like, you know, the, the such sympathetic characters. And it's one of those that you find yourself, like, talking to the TV or the movie screen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, dude, don't do it, man. You know better than that. Just don't do it, you know? Yeah. And the whole movie has, like, this, uh, like, uh, cursed feel. Oh, it's, yeah. You feel like, you know, everyone is just doomed. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great horror movie. Yeah, I I don't. It's but, one of those that I really don't think that you know I would have changed anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and and like the sister, that's the the spookiest flashback scene. Oh yeah, in ever in any movie. Yeah. You know, it's always thought it was like uh, totally unnecessary. That doesn't mean it couldn't you couldn't do a new one. It can't be good, right, and it doesn't right. affect the first one. It's still going to be there. So whatever, but. Uh, it does not, it's not exciting me. I don't understand the twist. I understand giving away the twist. Honestly, they give away the whole movie, it looks like, in, in the trailer. I know. And it's like, if you ne- if you didn't see the first movie, or never read the book, and you saw this trailer, you, you see the whole thing. You see the, you even see his, his like, uh, cutting, well, the girl cutting, uh, his, like, uh, the back of his leg. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's just like, my God, you see the whole film. That's a new trend in, like, in trailers now that like I wish they'd stop mm-hmm. you know I just need a teaser just give me like you know a couple of like points and you know make me want more you don't need to show me your entire movie because mm-hmm. I think that was one of the things you know before we even saw um oh glass that was one of my beefs mm-hmm. because like th- that the last trailer I saw for it was, I think, like five minutes long, and it was almost watching like a short version of the movie. Mm-hmm. But it actually like made me want to see the movie, so it was a little different than the yeah. Because the, orig- the original uh, teaser, really, you didn't know what's going to happen. You just know they're together. Yeah, and I love the, that. Yeah, the second trailer gave away, you know that. They break out and they're fighting, yeah. and they're even yeah, fighting. Yeah, you see like a ton of fight scenes and like pretty much every action scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. You see in that trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, uh, and it's weird because it kind of um, it made it seem like it's a much more action-packed movie. Yeah, yep. It and did. I'm not not someone who says I have to have nonstop action in the movie. Oh no, no, not but at all. This was very just boring. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's one that, like, I, I don't know. Like, I I don't see it, like, in all the trailers that we see, but in a lot of them, I think they just, they give you too much. Oh, yeah. And I I'm remember, one that doesn't need that much in my trailer. I never, I've never even watched it, but I remember the, um, when they did remake Carrie, they yep. showed the entire story in the trailer. <laughs> yep, I remember that, too. They even show. I even joked when we were watching, like, "Oh, what are they going to show?" Even you know, when the blood dumps are in, they did. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. The, see, that's why you didn't have to go see that one because everything in that movie you saw in the trailer. Uh huh. So I want to give a shout out. It's uh, happened starting tomorrow. That's a little sh- short notice here, but if you can make it from the area, uh, in Charlotte, Mad Monster Party is happening. Oh, nice. Very cool. Uh, we were going to be there. I couldn't make it because of the recovery. I was going to uh, be hosting uh, at the time it was Iron Sheik. Then it became Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter panel. It would have been my return. Oh, panel. no way. Yeah. But uh, but thanks, uh, Evan, for, for oh, offering. Yeah. Uh, Mad Monster is always a lot of fun. Great yep. lineup. They've got uh, Miko Hughes, who was the original Gage. And, um, oh, right. Mitch Pelegi, who was um, who's Mitch Pelegi? He was in, I think, Shocker. Oh, was think, he? Yeah, and I think he's in X Files. Adrian yeah. Barbo. A lot of people knew him from X Files. That's funny. That's one of those shows I've just never really watched. I, I've never watched it either. No. Uh, Adrian Barbo. It's fantastic. <laughs> Great. Uh, Ray Wise from um, Twin Peaks. Very oh, cool. okay. Yep. Uh, Danielle Harris from tons of stuff. Yep. Bruce Campbell. Oh, that, that would be mad cool. Yeah. Damon Leone, uh, the director, and David Howard Thornton, who's art himself from Terrifier. Oh, sweet. One of my favorite movies from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, James June Jude Courtney, who's the new Michael Myers in the new Halloween. Okay. Doug Jones. That's pretty. Oh, nice. Badass. Yeah, that's totally badass. Uh, Kane Hodder. Nice. That was something I watched during my recovery was the Kane Hodder documentary, and it's it's fantastic. Is it? Yeah, I I forget where it's streaming, but it's either on Hulu or maybe I think actually I think it's Amazon. Mm-hmm. If you have Amazon, you can watch that. Uh, you know, for free. Oh, I'll have to do that. Uh, Sid Haig, of course, the man. Sid, Sid Haig. That's great. And Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Sheik. That's awesome. That's just like you know, cherry on top there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, they've got everything up there. You go to a madmonster.com. They've got the uh, event schedule up. They're doing an 8-bit eight eight Jason Kane Hodder photo op. So he's, like, dressing up as Jason from the old, like, Atari, um, not Atari, old um, Nintendo game. Oh, no kidding, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's pretty wild. Yep. All kinds of cool stuff. So uh, go up there and check it out. Sing a song at Scaryoke and have yourself a good time. Yes, yes, indeed. We had a ton of fun there last year, so if you make it there, enjoy. Exactly, exactly. So I saw uh, a trailer. It's, it's shocking. James Wan made a uh, a movie about like like some kind of ghost. <laughs> Never thought I'd see the day. Well, at least he's not making another uh, Aquaman. <laughs> 
That's true. I'd rather I'd rather see a ghost movie than Aquaman. I don't think I ever reviewed Aquaman in here, and I know a lot of people love this movie. But I thought it just fucking sucked. <laughs> really? <laughs> I thought it was awful. It's like uh, it wasn't really anything I liked about it. It was like it looked even the special effects like were, weren't. I mean, it's this big. Every all this stuff's going on, but it all looks very phony. It looks all very fake. Yeah, it did on the on uh, talk about another trailer that you know showed you like a lot of the the stuff going on. It it kind of had that like made for sci fi vibe when I saw the trailer. Yeah, now, I don't know a lot about Aquaman from the comics, but why is he indestructible? He's just like Superman, like nothing hurts a man. Um, because Prince Namor, the Savage Submariner, is a popular character. <laughs> So he can like he can just fall. He can't. I don't think he can fly. Maybe he can fly. He just falls out of like a plane and lands like in the desert. But he's totally fine. Like I don't understand why. Uh, same thing with the girl. Most of the most of the people from Atlantis can't breathe on air. Okay. Uh, but he can, which I understand because he's a he's a half breed. He's half human. Yeah. Half. Oh, or whatever. But the other girl can inexplicably. And so can't like his brother and his mom. So is is the girlfriend? Is she also a half breed? No, no. None of these the other mom. characters are. But no, they just no. Right. Yeah, neither's the mom, and she just like she just lives with this with the dad for years on land. So they're just cool. They're All right, like, you're that cool. You can breathe right. any way you want. W- Willem Dafoe possibly too. I'm not positive. Willem yeah, Dafoe's a Dafoe, you should. You should just be able to do yeah. what you want then. This guy makes all these fucking crazy, weird movies, and then he goes and is like, well, guess I gotta pay the bills, so I'll go do fucking <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> Man, I do love me a big hunk of Defoe, though. I, uh, I, I gotta say, it that um, a new one where he's uh, Van Gogh. Yeah, it looks awesome. I want to see that one, too. Yeah. Even yeah, got mad. He's got a little cameo going yeah. on. Yeah, it looks great. So, yeah, it's just a bad movie. And then, like, <laughs> just really dumb. And, and like, Aquaman just kills a dude. Like, he doesn't even, like, like kill him, like, like, like quickly. He's, like, so this guy, they're, like, uh, they're on a boat or a submarine or something. And, like, and it's the dad of um, Black Mana. Uh-huh. So he's like this old man, and like, like something falls on him, and it start, and so he's gonna drown. And the guy's like, "Please, you can arrest us, whatever, but you gotta help him. You can't just let him drown." He's like, "Ah, whatever, I don't care. I'm fucking awesome." <laughs> I'm like, really? "What the hell? He just lets this old man drown to death? Like, what kind of asshole is that?" And then he just drowns. He just. So he's just kind of a douchey superhero. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'll blame Black Mana for wanting to kill the guy. (laughs) Yeah, I would think I'd want to, too. Yeah. So, like, what? I don't know why is DC, they're just in love with all the heroes being murderers. Yeah, except for that new one, because you see the ads for Shazam, and they say it right on there, a nice, lighter take on superheroes. Uh, Like, all right, so this will be, like, so... Juvenile that you want yeah, but it looks so re- yeah, it, oh, it looks, looks like foolish. looks like you're gonna be like you know eight or something like <laughs> yeah yes, yeah I don't know they'll Why find did... their way one of these days it's like Batman Superman 
and Aquaman, they could all be murderers. <laughs> is is Wonder Woman a murderer too? I don't remember. I didn't finish uh, it because I, I can't say I like. Oh, the the endings uh, worth the price of admission. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have finished Aquaman, but like I'm <laughs> in a theater, so it's like uh, I guess I guess. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was when I was I was very happy that that our mom went with her friend. Yeah, I was kind of off the hook on that one. Yeah, it's a bad film. Yeah, it so it didn't look so swinging. And so, like, there's like all these clans of uh, underwater people, and like his brothers got to band them all together for some reason, so he can be the king or something. And um, so they got they go. He goes and kills like the king of whoever. But anyway, so like wow. they're hello, oh. hello. And so they're so they're talking to um, they're talking about like all these different clans, and one of them I forget the name. It's like they're like they say, oh, they're you know they're just like monsters, and then like one's called the Fishman, and I'm thinking, well, that's kind of a lame name. But so they go see, and they're literally fishmen. So and I was like. They they called the fish men fishmen. It's like can they call them something else? They had to call them the fishmen. Like how lame is that? And then the fish people call the 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 other people the man men. That's a real term they use. The man men. Come on, the man men. So oh we got God. we got fishmen and manmen. Yeah, the manmen. That's that's oh, pretty God. impressive. That's good. And then the other ones, they're just CGI hordes of like you know faceless piranha Fish men. Or yeah. And so like at first, like when a couple pop up, like oh, they're pretty cool. But then it's just you know these. Why does? Okay, like I'm not a fan of CG to begin with, but why do whenever someone does CG, why do they have to go so overboard? Oh, it's I like know. well. We can't have ten. Let's have five hundred thousand <laughs> against two people because that's very realistic. So it's oh, yeah. two people and they're fighting five hundred thousand piranha men <laughs> that never end. And then like they get to the layer and there's like five billion of them. It's like okay, <laughs> awesome. And then they just escape. So I'm like, well, they're p- completely worthless. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why don't they just take over the whole world if there's, like, five million of them? I know, just, yeah, well, no, because they suck. They couldn't beat two people. <laughs> That's take true, over the they world. can't two. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a shit film. And then yeah. his, bro- his brother, <laughs> like, the, uh, his brother, when he's, like, fighting somebody, and he's like, don't call me king, call me, like, the sea, uh, the sea leader, some, like, real lame name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Big Bad Sea Daddy. It's like the Ocean Lord or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the score is so bad. Anytime there's a villain that says anything, it goes bum 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 bum, <laughs> and it's like a spoof. It's like from like a uh, like a Michael Myers movie. There, nice. Know, it's like you know it's when Doctor Evil's like dun 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 dun. <laughs> It's every time, and I was like, "Oh!" When Black Manta shows up, you get the the cool <laughs> bum, 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 yeah. Then he gets some real aim, like, "Don't call me king, call me the Ocean Master." Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> like, That's oh, awesome. 
I think I'd be all over that. Yeah, it's just a, it's terrible. It's a really terrible movie. <laughs> but not a lot of people loved it. I don't know. More power to you if you loved it. So I didn't even say it was uh, the curse of La Yorna. La Yorona. It's a new James Wan. Mm. Um, oh, funny. yeah. Okay, I think I did see the trailer for that. Yeah. It looked pretty good. Yeah, I thought it looked decent. Yep. A lot of his movies, they're very similar to me. Yeah. No, I understand that. But technically, they're very well made. I, I will, I will yep. say that. They're not necessarily my kind of movie, but they're technically very well made. Yeah, and I, I've enjoyed most of them. That mm-hmm. I, that I like I've some of from them. The guy. Yep. So, um, trying to think, was that the one... Is it like a Mexican family? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one looked cool to me. Mm-hmm. When the kids in the car, mm-hmm. and like uh, whatever evil thing it is, like starts unlocking the doors and stuff. Yeah, a lot of creepy hands. Yeah, creepy hands. Kind of like jazz hands, only they're creepy. Exactly. <laughs> so everybody's jazz hands. That'll be my horror movie. Uh, everybody's talking uh, about this, The Living Dead. It's a novel that Romero was uh, writing. Like this epic uh, zombie book, okay. and I don't know who, but someone uh, finished it, so it's going to come out in 2020. Oh, I hope he wrote most of it. Yeah, I know. Oh. That's what I was thinking. So, like, yeah. it's, I hope it's not something he's like he started to write. Has like some notes in a notebook. And some guy's <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. yeah, I'll cash in on this shit. I'll <laughs> throw in a bunch of stuff I watched on The Walking Dead last week, and uh, here we go. Yeah. But, I mean, it has me interested. Yeah, yep. But, like, usually when those things happen, like, I remember when Tolkien's, what, like, great-grand-nephew or something finished that last one from him, and it's like, wow, I I couldn't finish that. It was just really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I've been burned before by things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking of Walking Dead, you know, the new season... I know it was like the lowest rated episode of all time. But, oh, was it really? Uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed. I like uh, I like The Walking Dead. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. have. Uh, it's weird because a lot of people hate it, and like they'll claim they haven't watched it since season two, <laughs> or season three, and it's like, well, it's season nine. So first of all, how do you know you hate it? <laughs> you haven't watched it in seven years, and then they'll be calling like, ah, they gotta cancel it, die, let it die. And I'm like, well, if you don't like it, whatever. But you don't have to watch it. But why do you? Why does it need to die and be canceled? Why do you yeah. just not watch it? These are like the days that not only do I not like it, but I don't want anyone else to like exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. No I don't get that it. attitude. Yeah. I mean, that's why of... there's more than like one channel on TV. You know, right. if you don't like soap operas, then flip it to, you know, game shows or. A sporting event or, you know, whatever you want to watch. Yeah, there's tons of stuff that I have no interest in. Yep. That I probably wouldn't like. Or I watched and I didn't like. But, but I never was like, God damn, I hope it dies and everyone yep. loses their job. And anyone who <laughs> does enjoy it can never watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever been like that either. Because it's yeah. like, not really interested in curling. But somebody wants to watch some curling. More power to you, man. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about me stealing your seat. Right. 
you know, and I think they've been doing a really good job actually with the um, with the whispers. Oh, they're in this season. Yeah. Oh, nice. Very creepy. A lot of good images. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think a problem with the show is that they killed off a lot of uh, characters that you're invested in, mm-hmm. and uh, and then filled it up with a lot of new characters that aren't you're really not invested in yet. And they then, haven't you know, really fleshed them out yet. Yeah. So uh, that is. I mean, I'm not saying it's a perfect show, but I still mm-hmm. enjoy it. I, I like it. If I didn't, I wouldn't watch it. But, right. Yeah. Right. See, I like the setup and like. You know, there might be some things that you like more than other things in it, but mm-hmm. I think as long as they keep with, you know, the, the premise and, you know, stick with that whole survival and then you'll find characters that you like and, you know, kind of root for them to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've done a, uh, ever since he's been in the show, I think a perfect job with Negan. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, uh, The Lost Boys is a show coming to the CW, which I've never watched anything on the CW. So oh, no. I assume it's probably not something I'll be like, uh, into. Why the CW? I don't know. I don't know. Because that's where, like, sexy Archie is and stuff. And all those goofy DC shows. Uh, I don't think there's anything on the CW that I would ever want to watch again. Yeah, so the director of Twilight is uh, is making it. Are, are you serious? Yes. All right, so we got sexier vampires. Probably. And then uh, the big These news are sexy, lately. sexy, bad boy vampires. <laughs> the big news is that they did a gender swap with the Frog Brothers, so it's not going to be the Frog Brothers, it's be the Frog Sisters. Good Lord, no. Which yeah, a lot fine. of people. Yeah, that's one thing, like, I thought, okay, who cares? But yeah. some people are, like, up in arms about it. It's like, the Frog Brothers <laughs> must be boys. It cannot be the Frog Sisters. I'm like, does it really matter? Like, yeah, so girls can't like, like, comic books No, and it's stuff. impossible. It's All impossible. Right. I mean, they might want some more females in the show, especially when it's a show. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you just have all dudes. I mean, you just uh, have interaction, and maybe there's, like, you know, love interest or wh- whatever reason. I mean, who cares? Yeah, yeah that... That would be the least of my worries on that one. Uh, yeah, there's no, there's nothing in the in the original movie where it's like this character really has to be male. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's, that's fine with me. Maybe, yeah. well, maybe uh, Corey now they, Feldman wanted to come back and reprise his role. Uh, now, if they made the sexy uh, saxophonist the female, then I'd be oh, I'd then it's on. Yeah, yeah, that that wouldn't stand because you hope, still believe, still believe. I hope I hope every episode it just has like a they just cut to the the guy singing that and he's all oiled up. And that would be the balls. <laughs> I have to admit that was one of my favorite interviews. So check that out in the archives. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, awesome. that was a great one. So I, I didn't even know this even started, but it's been canceled. Is uh, is Night it's Flyers a bittersweet? Huh? Yeah, Night Flyers uh, is on Sci-Fi. It was uh, based on a George R. R. Martin uh, a novel or series of novels. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been canceled. I I I remember vaguely hearing about it, but I never knew it even began. I don't think I ever any type of ad or anything for oh. it. Huh. Oh, yeah, I guess I'd feel bad if I knew that it was on ever, too. Yeah. you think they would have had a little bit of a buzz behind it if uh, 
you know, if you had like, you know, a cool Martin story and stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in watching it. I hopefully, hopefully they still gave it the first season an ending because it yeah. would suck to watch, and then it's like to be continued, and then it's just over. Yeah, that well, that's kind of what happened to uh, the Mist because mm-hmm. I watched the first season of that, and yeah, there's never going to be a second season. Yeah. I didn't finish the season, but I actually liked it. I I remember yeah. getting a lot of hate, which I did, I wasn't sure why. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I I liked it too. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that either. But that's one that's really weird. I see a lot of people saying that the the movie, the first one, has the worst ending of any horror movie. I'm like, oh my god, crazy. that's the best ending. Yeah, that's one of the best endings of a horror yep. movie. I mean, even the man himself says it was a better ending than his novel or yep. his novella. Yep. Well, because, yeah, because, like, it was, you know, it's always neat to do kind of a, you know, you don't really know what happens. They just kind of, like, drive off kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, that ending, like, is great. That's just an awesome ending. Mm -hmm. So there's some board games coming out. Uh, There's a Jaws board game, and you can play as uh, the three main characters, and one person can also play the shark. That's awesome. So that's very cool. I like that. Do they call it Shark Bruce, or he's just the uh, shark? I think he's just the shark. Maybe they do, though. I'm not positive. But uh, I love board games, and I love Jaws, so that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, remind you of the old days when we had the the Jaws game where you'd put all the junk in the shark's mouth, and you'd have to fish it out. Uh, And if he snapped, then you'd lose. He'd, you know, bite you. Yeah. I think then we I used to use the shark just with some action figures. Oh yeah, good. he was perfect. Yeah, and he was big enough you could cram like you know uh, a GI Joe into his mouth and he'd mm-hmm. just swallow him and stuff. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the inter- people on the internets, there's this world called the internet, mm-hmm. and like there's Facebook groups and on social media, all these things. Please, you mean love- we're not just talking to ourselves? We aren't. We are. Oh, son of a bitch. For the love of God, stop asking if Jaws is a horror movie. Since the beginning of me being on the internet and ever ever going to any kind of horror, you know, message board back in the day or or uh, uh, MySpace groups or Facebook now Facebook groups, Twitter, I see this pop up all the time. Is Jaws a horror movie? Then they have a big debate. No, it's not. It's about a shark eating people. It's about a monster that eats people. <laughs> yep. It's a fucking horror movie. Yes, it has characters. Yes, it has character development. Yes, you care about the characters. That doesn't mean that it's not a horror movie. Absolutely. A horror movie doesn't have to be void of, of <laughs> character, character development, of uh, dr- drama. Yep. To be a horror, they might add into a little bit of like your movie. Good God! Right. See this all the time. Predator's not a horror. (laughs) Like it's about a fucking alien that comes and kills people. Like, oh no, it's action adventure. (laughs) It's like, well, they slowly kill the predator. Slowly kills off people one at a time, (laughs) and in brutally gruesome fashion. Yep. And. Not without being seen most of the time. You yeah. Know, you're sure what's going on, you know. Now, if you want to say, it, you know, it's, it's several genres, cool. Oh, but yeah. But to say it's definitively not horror, just, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah, good Lord. 
And Aliens is another one. Yeah. In fact, I would say Alien is much more horror than it is science fiction. <laughs> yep, agreed. Because then you're just saying simply because it is in outer space, that means it's science fiction. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when the movie's clear, it's a horror movie set in a spaceship. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the spaceship is the haunted house, and then, you know, we go from there. Yeah, and a monster goes around and kills them yep. off one by one. <laughs> yep. So it's, and it's an asinine argument to begin with, because what difference does it make? Do you, do you like it more or less if it's a drama, <laughs> if it's an action drama about a uh, nature thriller than if it's a horror movie? <laughs> and then they just make up stuff. They're like, I, I actually, this is a real, this is an actual quote. When someone was trying to argue with me, the walking dead's not horror. They said it's post-apocalyptic survival. Ah, of course that that makes perfectly yeah. good sense. Now, when he used to go when he when they had video stores, I remember walking into them. I don't remember ever going to the post-apocalyptic survival section. No, no, that was that was a pretty like you know exclusive area. I think if you have to make up a new genre for a movie, <laughs> you're just being an ass. Yep. And if, if your movie fits into that specific genre that you've just made up that that day, then nice. I think you've defeated your own argument. Right. So a movie can be several things. That's totally fine. Yep. But don't be an asshole. <laughs> yep. How could you possibly call it this? Oh, it annoys me to know him. And what, what, who wants to see horror movies that are a horror movie? It's only a horror movie if it's just nonstop killing without character <laughs> development, without characters that you care about. So, so horror movies are only for fucking morons. Yeah, yeah. They can only suck. <laughs> right. Oh my lord! So there was another horror board came out. <laughs> it's coming out. It's horrified. And it's, uh, so everyone plays like, I don't know if they play, they should, I don't know if they do enough, but you should play villagers with like pitchforks and, and torches. Cause you're fighting all like the universal horror monsters. Oh, I love the cover of that one. Yeah. When I saw uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we'll, maybe we'll, maybe somebody out there will send us one and, and, uh, and you know, Troy and I, or Jason and I, or Troy, Jason and I, or, yeah. or other people, who knows? We'll get a big group together. And we'll we'll play this, we'll video it, we'll review it. It'll be a good time. Oh yeah, we'll definitely like test it out for you, play it, do all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. And we will love it. We will cherish it and take care of it. Definitely. Now there's something, Troy, I've been waiting to say to you. Oh I almost told you today, but like, no, I'm gonna wait to get your first reaction here live on the show. Okay. Should I be like, worried? It's like a horror movie, like I know Kane Hodder sometimes like uh, when he's Victor Crowley, he won't let anybody see him until until like they're actually filming. Mm-hmm. So you get like the the original uh, reaction. Descent, they did that. They didn't let the the uh, the the actor see the, the monsters until they're filming. So they get oh, their right, right. So all right, so I'm I'm virgin territory here. I sci- don't know what's coming up. Sci-fi has announced mm-hmm. that they're doing. A horror version reboot of the Banana Splits. 
You just made that up. I did not make it up. It's true. You're telling me one banana, two banana, three banana, four, four (laughs) banana make a bunch and so do many more. They're doing a horror, a horror reboot of the banana split. Is it going to be Flegel and Snork? Here's the synopsis. A boy named Harley and his family attend a taping of the Banana Splits TV show, which is supposed to be a fun-filled birthday for young Harley and business (laughs) as usual for Rebecca, the producer of the series. But things take an unexpected turn, and the body count quickly rises. Can Harley, his mom, and their new pals safely escape? Wow. Now, okay, I'm... I'm processing this, mm-hmm. and I, I guess, you know, guys in, like, puppety-type suits uh-huh. could be get pretty frightening just by themselves. I mean, you got a guy dressed like an elephant with, a like, a helmet on. Uh, um, I think <laughs> I'd be more frightened if it was based off of... Um, one of the, uh, oh, uh, who like are the Sigmund, brothers? Uh, exactly. Like yeah, exactly. Hunt? Yep, yep. If it was based off of those guys, there's the <laughs> drug of Chusets, uh, um, Oh, yeah. That, that Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Croft brothers. If it was the Croft brothers and, like, people were being killed by, like, Lidsville or, uh, yeah, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, or uh, the Bugaloos, or H.R. Uh, Puff and stuff. I think uh, I'd, be, I'd be even more frightened. But no, I, I guess I could buy it. I think if I was a kid and um, the banana splits like went berserk and started killing everybody, mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, I'd be yeah, I'm with it. I'm 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 good. Yeah, I want to see it. I'm mm-hmm. I'm all aboard. This is something we'll have to review. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. This, that this is so be, twisted that I I kind of yeah. like it actually. Yeah, this will be our new Hannibal. Mm. We used to review every week. We're like, yep. God damn it! Did you see the banana split this week? <laughs> I don't know how far they could go with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know. Maybe it's just a movie. But like I each week, like series. they're gonna bring in like a new group of kids. Like they didn't realize they <laughs> killed the last group. Yeah, I don't know. But it has me interested. Yeah, the, the, I will say the synopsis did make it seem a little more uh, feasible. <laughs> like I thought it would just be like just a horror. Ver- I don't know. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Yeah, it was very. It was something I didn't expect to see. I'll say that. I wonder if they'll keep like some of the Banana Splits cartoons because they'd be the host. You know, like they do little idiotic uh, skits and then. You know, introduce kind of like the cartoons doing that. Right, right. Wonder if they'll have like a other like because they had uh, a lot of weird kind of generic cartoons. Like um, I think they did the the Three Musketeers and uh, the Arabian Nights and things like that on the Banana Split. Mm-hmm. But I still think it would be I think it would be more effective if it was the Sid Marty Croft characters. Mm-hmm. Or one of the more terrifying things you can think of, um, the McDonald's characters. Mm. 
that yes, Mayor McCheese. <laughs> By the way, Mr. Mitten, Jason Mitten, thank you. Sent me a lot of cool birthday presents, as did uh, Mike Terry. Nice. And uh, Michael and Sophia sent me a very cool uh, card. Uh, that was uh, for recovery. Um, a lot of people sent me very cool stuff. Thank you very much. But he sent me a Mayor McCheese hat. That's awesome. Well, happy Love birthday, it. too, by the way, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. The big 43. I don't think 43. that's a saying, is it? No, I don't think. 4-3? Uh, nah, I don't think so. Which is good, though. I don't have, like, a big, like... Uh, a big thing for seven more years where it's like, holy fuck, I can't believe it. Yeah. It's like, uh, I turned 43, so what? 43? Eh, it's not bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not bad. Seven years will be like, oh, god damn, fucking 50. Yeah, like, but once you hit 50, then it's it's not so bad either. Uh, probably not. I can't uh, say 40, I, though. 40, like, I almost died. And yeah, like, 40 was a bad time for you. Uh, yeah. But when I started podcasting, when I started talking to all you crazy folks out there, I was in my 20s, and now I'm in my 40s. It is kind of weird to think about. Yeah, you were a wild, young kid back then. It's like, it's like you just look back, and you're just like, man, I just fucking wasted my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a great time, great experience. So many cool things. Awesome. Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, this is very cool, too, Troy. Now, these are two things that I think you'll find. Uh, uh, this one, though, it's not going to be like your mind's blown. And oh, okay. All that. right. So I can, just... I can relax a little. Right, right. right. But uh, uh, Netflix and Guillermo del Toro are putting together a uh, their first ever exclusive to Netflix horror anthology series. Wow. Guillermo del Toro presents 10 After Midnight. Wow. But the only thing that's going to connect every episode is there's going to be eyeballs in the palms of. Uh, <laughs> that's perfect. That'll be great. Yeah, It'll just that. be like somebody, you know, working at a train station <laughs> and like look at you with his palms. Yeah. Hey, yeah. How you doing? I, I guess I got to stop saying that now. I mean, <laughs> there wasn't any in the last several, I don't think. But. No, no. That, were there any in the vampire one? You know, that's another one I didn't finish up either because I, I enjoyed season one. Yeah. Of his I, vampire uh, show, and then I just kind of faded away with it. I never really got into it. I mm -hmm. always thought it was kind of it was cheesy. Yeah, but yet, like the show wasn't presented as like a in that way. It wasn't mm -hmm. like a schlock show. I right. never thought right. it quite worked that well. Like there was elements I liked. Yep, but I didn't really like as a whole. I thought some of the acting was very broad and like. I don't know. I never felt like it was uh, right. Yeah, it wasn't but, quite like a natural fit. Yeah. Like it was, all the characters. And so stuff. I watched the final season without watching a lot of the middle. Oh, okay. And I have to say, I did like, I did like the final season. It the still had a lot of the good. same kind of things where I thought it was kind of cheesy and stuff. But I did like the whole idea because it was kind of like <laughs> in the future where it was where the vampires had taken over. Oh, okay. And then, like, uh, you know, can they can they stop this at this point in time? So it was uh, it was interesting. All right. And like, you know, people were basically like the slaves of the vampires and their food. You know, they're being raised and beaten. Oh, yep, yep. Okay, I might have to go back, like, when I have some time and just, mm -hmm. you know, try to catch up and watch a rest. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. It just, I don't know, it just never seemed quite great. But I mean, not it everything didn't quite grab me like I thought it would. I thought it was going to grab me more. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, the guy who uh, I forget the guy's name, but he uh, the guy who did Mandy, which I love. I think yeah, I really like Mandy a lot. Uh, he wrote a Hellraiser uh, screenplay based off the original novella. Nice. Uh, so I don't know if they'll ever, if this will ever happen or something. But I think that's a guy to to get if you want to do like a new Hellraiser movie because Mandy's fucking crazy, and Mandy has a lot of like kind of Hellraiser kind of elements. That whole biker gang to it. Mm-hmm. Is kind of uh, you know like the like the um, the Cenobite. So uh, and the guy is really out there. I, I would like to see what he would do with a uh, with a Hellraiser movie. Oh yeah, yeah that could that could turn out to be a good thing. You know, um, you know, I, I get kind of sick of all the reboots stuff, but um, that would be one I think if you actually put some money in and you did like a, a reboot. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? Oh yeah. What do you like? Yeah. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. In the meantime, you're listening to the music of the month, Chair Scary Cherry, and the Bang Bangs. And then we'll come back. We'll talk about horror. Wrap this up. And if you'd like to uh, participate, uh, the phone lines are not working currently, but you can Skype in at without your head. Be right back. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. We should have listened. The tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. Not all right here. We are back without your head. We talked about some stuff. We talked about some other stuff. Now it's time to talk about new stuff. New stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, as I mentioned, the Hellraiser, I think that's pretty cool. That's one I would like to see, actually. Uh, there's another re- reboot. It's weird because this is an already an ongoing series of movies. It's becoming a TV series, I believe. But then they're also rebooting it and making a whole new movie, and that's Child's Play. Hmm. I did. I did watch the trailer on this one. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Um, I mean, I'll give it props for one thing. It seems like it's more like um, I don't know if it's a possessed toy. It doesn't seem like there's an actual, or I, I might be wrong from the trailer that I saw, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like the same basic premise. Seems like you know this is some kind of weird demonic. Toy. Right, there isn't there isn't the character that's like uses voodoo to put his soul into the doll. Okay, so I mean, I'll give him prompts for that, but I think that was one of the best parts of the old one. So I don't know <laughs> why you change it. I don't get right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly thought like I watched a trailer and I was like, oh, it looks looks you know like a like a child's play movie. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, better there were. I mean, I'll actually see the movie, but I thought the trailer looked fine. But yeah, they took away kind of a, a neat element of the uh, the original film. 
Yeah, I don't know why they do that. That I don't understand. Yeah. What's weird to me is if you put this in modern day, it's like, I don't think kids even play with, like, dolls. No. So, in a way, I think, like, if you're going to modernize it, it'd almost be like a collectible item that would be owned by, like, an adult collector. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Yeah. So, because, I mean, I've, I never see kids with, like, action figures or anything. The most active figures are made for adult, you know, collectors now. Right. I right. guess a doll is a little different, but you'd probably have to be a real little kid to be playing with a doll. Yeah, that's true. Although you, you still, I gotta say, um, I will see them on occasion. There will be mostly though. It's a lot of Lego figures that I yeah, see the kids yeah. with and stuff like, but I, every now and then you'll see them with like a superhero action figure or something. Mm-hmm. Well, how about like a doll? No, no, I, I not even like little girls. Like, um, not that they bring to school anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's maybe like a phone app. I mean, that would be a very exciting movie, probably. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> what if you combine this with like a sequel to Halloween Three? And the Silver Shamrock people, they're like, well, the mask thing that that went bust thanks to uh, you know the gray haired dude, the, the stud muffin. But <laughs> our next thing, we're gonna put out a doll that takes over the children. All right, I like that. Yeah. I think that's that's the way to go. All right, and why not? You get we have all these sequels. We've had multiple sequels to the original Halloween that bypasses all the others. Why <laughs> not a sequel to Halloween three? That avoids all the other Halloween movies. Why yep. not? Yep. Just, yeah. Yeah. We're making a completely different thing that has nothing to do with the rest of them. Yeah. Why Halloween not? 3 Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> that would be And awful. then just call it Halloween. You're right. Yeah. Don't, don't even bother putting the other, 3 the other Part two. 2 or anything else. Uh-huh. Or put something really vague, you know, just... Yeah. Halloween, you know, 6.3. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Let let the let the fans figure it out. Yeah. And that's a reboot. Why don't they just reboot that? And, you know, okay, to be serious, what you reboot it, you don't even call it or re- remake it, whatever the fuck you want to call it. You reimagine it, and you don't call <laughs> it uh, Halloween. You say this is Season of the Witch. Yeah. Yep, there you go. Yeah, don't even mention Halloween in it. Yeah, I still love that movie. It's bad shit crazy, but it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yep. There's certain things about it like I just adore. Mm-hmm. And it's good. So let's see. Child's Play. Oh, another thing I'm really looking forward to is uh, the Creep Show coming to Shudder. Oh, yeah. Yep. That should be good times. Yeah, I love me some Creep Show. One of my yep. all-time favorite movies. I can't get enough of Creep Show. I really can't maybe love anthologies it's yep it's both fun and scary oh yeah yeah in the land of like riding that you know fun and scary kind of thing mm-hmm. it's that in american werewolf in london i think that just really did it as well as it could be done yeah i agree because you can watch i mean it works as a horror movie there's scary stuff mm-hmm. in it uh but it's also fun and enjoyable and it's not too silly the only one's kind of silly is the meteor shit stuff but yeah. Even that works, and it's a it's weird because that's probably the most depressing story. Yet it's a funny <laughs> yes, story. You're right. 
Yep. Without that comedy element, it would probably be like, oh my god, I just want to kill myself after watching this. Oh yeah, yeah. Then like it, yeah. I don't know if they would have been able to find like an audience. Yeah, and I hope that they keep the uh, the uh, the comic book elements of the original one, which to me is missing from part two. Which I like part two, but in comparison, I think it's a it's. It is yeah, a big, uh, it's flat compared boundary. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. And it doesn't. It doesn't have the comic book element. Mm-hmm. I have to say this. I know it's a. I know it's nitpicking. Someone else said it. Maybe it's a. You're just being a nitpicking asshole. But <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, there's one picture out there, mm-hmm. and it's of the creep looking in the window. I've and it looks. It. It looks way worse than the original one. Oh, big time. Big time. It's clearly a guy with a mask on. Yep. Which is fine. I I, I like that it's practical effects. Oh, I don't yeah. want it to see a CGI CG creep. But the original creep is is not a guy in a mask. Like that's what makes it so creepy looking. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's kinda like, you know, the uh HBO Crypt Keeper. Uh huh. You know, and like so- sometimes you go puppet. Puppet can work. Yeah, and so this one, like, it's not saying it looks bad, but it 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 looks it looks very chintzy, I have to say, and it looks uh, looks much worse than the original one. Yep, I agree. But it's only a, a small part of the show, I'm sure, and it's just a still picture. So I'm not yep. going to say that you know I'm going to base like my whole opinion on the show off <laughs> off a picture of the creep. Yeah, but still gives you that little bit of like um, mm, I'm open. Yeah, it does. I have to admit, I'm trying yeah. to be a positive man. Yep, I know. So am I. But uh, they've already announced. Uh, I think I think it's all the episodes. Maybe not, but they announced several episodes. Anyway, it's a uh, House of the Head, which is a perfect title here for Without Your Head. Oh yeah, that's by uh, Josh Mallerman. Hmm. Oh, so not of them, all of them are King stories, huh? Uh, I don't. None of them that they listed are King stories. Oh, okay. I thought he. I thought he was doing one, but maybe not. Uh, Silvery Waters of Lake Champlain. That's by Joe Hill, which is Stephen King's son. Joe Hill. I love me some Joe Hill, Chief. Uh, the Companion by Joe R. Lansdale. Hmm. I know that name, but I can't place it. The Man in the Suitcase by Christopher Bulleman. Hmm. All Hallows Eve by Bruce Jones. Okay. Night of the Paw by John Esposito. And Bad Wolf Down by Rob Schraub. (laughs) Oh, is it like Peter Straub's kid? Uh, I don't know. It could be. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm completely down with that. Yeah. By the way, if you ever have any news, if you have questions, if you have uh, a trailer for your movie or movie thing looks cool, uh, new um, uh, anything, some type of topic that's either horror or weird, whatever, you, and you want to hear us talk about it, you can post it over on Facebook.com slash group slash without your head or, or you can email if you're not a social media guy and you email that too without your head at gmail.com. Absolutely. Not only will we talk talk about it, we will. We'll talk about it, and we will also uh, immortalize your name here on the show. Yep, yep. In a good way. It's not like when we say, "Holy fuck, this (laughs) John Johnny Boy McGee, what a fucking idiot!" Look what this bullshit he's done. 
You never know. You don't know what McGee sent us. I know. You got. You always have to be careful about Johnny Boy McGee. Yep. Yep. I would be. It's bad time. So there's <laughs> uh Evil Dead trading cards are coming out. Oh, sweet! Is it like a CCG or is it just like? No, I think they're just like a just plain like a old school collectible cards. Oh, okay. but not a game. But I like do like the CCG. I don't know if they're cool anymore, CCGs. But the I don't know. This looks like a throwback. It's like wax packs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Single packs contain nine chip back cards, one sticker, all enclosed in a classic wax wrapper. Nice. Each Any sealed... gum? I don't think so. Oh, don't eat the gum. Each sealed box of 24 wax packs is the ultimate collectible. It features two full sets of cards plus tons of extras. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you guarantee right. to get two sets of the cards if you buy a box? That's awesome. That's good. I, I like that like uh, that aspect. I really do because I'll always remember on the uh, the old school sci-fi buzz when Harlan Ellison was on doing the Harlan Ellison's watching thing. Mm -hmm. And he tried to explain to, I forget who was making like the uh, Marvel cards at the time, Mm -hmm. but that uh, maybe, maybe it was Fleer flair or something. Yeah. And that if a comic collector, not a sports memorabilia collector buys a box or something, he expects to get the entire set. He doesn't mm. expect to be missing, you know, huge <laughs> chunks of these things. Mm-hmm. And so that, like, you're going to lose a lot of your target audience, you know, by having these, like, no, you're going to have to buy multiple boxes of, you know, multiple packs to to complete a set of these. Mm-hmm. And I think he was right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You'll have to look that one up. I can't remember what episode it was, but he talks about that. Yeah. So uh, I don't. Did you watch the Haunting of Hill House? A lot of people loved it. Yeah, I really liked it. Really liked it a lot. So they're doing a, a season two, and it's going to be um, like some other shows where it's not a continuation of the first season. It's oh. going to be all new characters. So uh, I always, I kind of, li- I like those kind of. Yeah, things. I do too. All right, good. I look forward to that then. That should be good. Yeah. So uh, I already mentioned before Boston Underground Film Festival, March 20th to the 24th. Any good time? Have a, uh, yeah, be there. Hope to see a lot of cool people there. Get some videos, some interviews, watch some movies. Get back into the swing of things, Chief. Exactly. It'll be good. It was a little fun experience last year doing uh, several of these uh, horror uh, festivals, movie movie festivals. And I got to see a lot of these movies like way before they came out. It's like, you know, and just now people are talking about a man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. You know, and mm-hmm. I saw last year and I loved it. It was my favorite movie of uh, Freight Fest. So I'm glad mm-hmm. people are digging it. I did see a couple people like, oh, it's boring, but. You know, they're just, they're just morons. So, <laughs> You'll get some killjoys, no right. matter what you're talking about or anything else. Yeah. So if you're not a moron <laughs> and, you, and you can sit and watch a movie that's, that's very thoughtful, 
and a beautiful film I highly recommend. It's on the top of my list. The man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. But don't go and expect him to see like a schlocky film based off the name. It's a beautifully, beautiful, well-made movie. I couldn't uh, recommend it highly enough. That's awesome. Yeah. So you know, a lot of the movies when you and Jason would talk about them, like, you know, I was looking for them at the time. But it, mm-hmm. like you said, it was like a full year yeah. before I could find them anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think the Ranger is getting out there soon. If it's not out there now, another one, you know, so last year revenge has been out there for a little while. Uh, summer of 84. Um, lots of stuff. Uh, you, you know, uh, clickbait. I don't know if you can get that. I highly recommend clickbait as well by uh, Michael and Sophia. Uh, it's one of my favorite horror movies. It's like a horror comedy of last year. Uh, lots of, lots of cool stuff though. I am. I'm, I'm forgetting tons of stuff, but, it was, it's a very fun experience. I highly recommend it to anybody out there who loves movies. You go and watch a bunch of movies with a bunch of self, uh, of uh, equal-minded people who also love movies, and it's a great experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's not just Buff. Even though you know, that's the one by us, uh, you can find you know ones in your area. So uh, seek them out and go and have a good time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you see them like... And it seems like they're, you know, more and more, mm-hmm. you know, there's a few more coming out every now and then. And that's good. Good stuff. Makes me very happy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you can, uh, you know, you can watch your movies on the internet mm-hmm. by yourself in your bedroom. And yeah, you can sit and just watch them in your underwear and you can enjoy yourself. But, you know, put some clothes on, put on a pair of pants. And go out there with, you know, you don't even have to really interact with people if, you, if you're, if you you know, antisocial or something. But, hey, you can go up and say, hey, at least, like, give a nod to somebody. Yeah. Go give the watch, I'm a guy, you're a guy nod. Right. And uh, watch movies with other people around you. And I guarantee that you'll have a good time. And if you don't have a good time, don't come whining to me because you're just a pansy. Yep. Then you're beyond hope. Right. Blame yourself. Don't blame me. Yep. Exactly. And, uh, I, I can't help it. You, you're just anti good time. That's true. If you're just like a feel bad, kill joy. Right. Then maybe you shouldn't go, yeah. but try Not, it. Maybe, maybe you'll find that you, you actually might enjoy leaving the house and putting on a pair of pants. Every exactly. Night. And I'm kind of an anti pants guy, but you know, I know. You have to, sometimes you have to do sacrifices. So I, oh, I sacrifice. wear a kill. I could wear it. I haven't worn mine in years. I have to get that. Got to dig out the kill. I know. I don't mean smaller one to show more skin, but I meant like, you know, around the waist. Yeah. Well, you can wrap it up more. Right. And you just like, you know, roll it around. Oh, I have, well, I have like the big belt. I just guess get, just do it tighter. Yeah. You can do that. You can make it happen. Right. Right. Might keep you warmer because there'll be more fabric then. Yeah, that's very true. I don't think it. Well, you know what? I never was really cold with the kilt. No, you weren't. You weren't. It that's... is part of the thing I do like about like um, about outdoor urination. <laughs> is that? <laughs> is so now before... you just want to go to Scotland to pee on places? Right. It's not yeah. even necessary. That see what I meant was this is part. Of, it's not. All right, so it's not necessarily about urination, but if I, it's because I was outside urinating that I have this experience. 
And that is the cool breeze on your nether regions. Oh. And that is a, a pleasant experience to me. So, so the kilt you could kind of get that without actually having to having to uh, urinate. Okay, I dig it. Uh, yeah, if if anyone followed that, I, I think I did my yeah, own now strange just, way. Now it's like I don't want this guy buff. I want to sit next to this guy. Got peeing everywhere or something. Yeah. Gonna kick me out. I was trying to get him cool with the cool kids in the balcony, but I think there's a get the hell out of here, man. Yeah. They're gonna watch out for you now, Chief. Yeah. Keep an eye on that guy. Yeah. It's not horror related, but it's pretty sweet. Is uh they found a preserved uh dinosaur tail. That's awesome. And it's got feathers on it. So it's like it it people found out that this is real. That dinosaurs had feathers. That's awesome. Do you think someday then in the future somebody's gonna be like, Well, these movies now are just nonsense. I'm gonna you know, we had uh, we had for a year, for a few years people were colorizing movies, that's kind of a fad arena. But they're gonna like I'm gonna CGI feathers on all the dinosaur movies. So like they're gonna re release Jurassic Park. And they're all going to be covered with feathers. Instead of roaring, they're going to be like, bark, bark, bark. <laughs> that'd be tremendous. Yeah, like I'm going to make this more realistic. Well, maybe one day you'll see, uh, well, like, you know, they'll go back and redo all the King Kongs. Yeah. Yeah. Throw some I'll, feathers on the T-Rex tails. I know I've mentioned this before. I don't care. I like to repeat because. That's like, well, I think that's, it's like, if you go and see like you're a comedian, you really like, or like a, a singer, like they're going to, they're going to do their stuff that you love. Right. Yeah. They're going to do that song that you're like, man, I hope they, and then certain bands, they probably will do that one song and then everyone will leave. Right. Right. So I'm going to say this, I've said it before. Now I've lost my train of thought and I'm not even sure what they going to say. Oh, King Kong. All right. King Kong. King so this Kong. is, this is like, you might be a redneck if kind of thing. Exactly. For you. All right. Exactly. Or like, Hey, what's the deal with grape nuts? But so <laughs> take my <laughs> wife, please. <laughs> so King Kong, love it. It's one of my favorite movies ever made. The original King Kong ever since I was oh, a little yeah. kid. Fascinated by it. I love, I love a uh, stop motion. Mm -hmm. It's a great movie. I, I, I can't say I like the 76 one, but I did like, you know what? I have to admit though. I watched the remake again recently. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hold up very well. Cause the CG doesn't look so hot. No way. Cause I remember you know, loving yeah. it when it first came yeah. out. When they're on the, not all of it, mm -hmm. but I did. I, well, there's parts that I still think hold up. I think the Islanders are very creepy and all that stuff's really good. And I think it's cool when they get to uh, New York and stuff, but I think a lot and, and the, and, uh, the Kong itself looks great, very mm -hmm. emotional. But I think a lot of the um, dinosaur stuff does not look very good anymore. Really? Yeah, which is odd. He's not that old. But anyway, the point is with both those movies, they're all fixated on like, holy shit, we've got this giant ape. We got to get him to New York. We're gonna make all this money. But at the same time, the island is filled with fucking dinosaurs, <laughs> and no one thinks, well, let's bring a this brontosaurus back. That is, and I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about a T-Rex. Let's get the brontosaurus. He's, he eats, he eats leaves. Mm -hmm. He, he might trample you just cause he's so big, but he's pretty cool. He's pretty mellow. 
Oh, yeah. And we're probably going to make some bucks having a living brontosaurus. Or a triceratops. Yeah, a triceratops, a, di- yeah. a dinosaur, a giant bug even. Yeah. You be like, people, do they think like, oh, man, a giant dinosaur? What are you fucking crazy? We're not going to make any money here in Broadway. <laughs> we'll Why do you have broke. any? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, but they're just like, we have to get the most dangerous thing here on the on, <laughs> on this island. Although and I the gotta, smartest. I gotta say though, Neil, to be honest with you, that is kind of like a like a human reaction. I think you want the bigger, better. Like you know, if this thing's cool, I want the coolest. But they don't even really think anything of the dinosaurs. They're just like, oh, eh, well, that's. That's weird. The dinosaurs, <laughs> but it's holy true. shit! Look at the ape. We gotta get that. They're like their minds blown. They're in awe of the ape. They think nothing of dinosaurs. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And people have seen apes. Yeah. Yep. I myself have seen a gorilla. Mm-hmm. So my thought was, I put this on Facebook the other day. People are always like, "Well, now they can clone this dinosaur with." Maybe they can. And then it's always, well, you know, they're going to do Jurassic Park. Blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we know how that turns out. It's bad. Why not? They clone the dinosaurs, okay? Mm-hmm. Then they're like, well, let's forget Jurassic Park. That's a bad idea. People are going to kill. Let's just open a Flintstones restaurant and serve <laughs> dinosaurs. Oh, I'm down with that. Like brontosaurus burgers and ribs. Mm-hmm. Then you don't, you know, you can just raise them and then and, uh, it's terribly slaughter them. But yeah, but it's farm can, raised, you know. Yeah, yeah. they have a good life. Right. Yeah. yeah, I definitely want to try a dinosaur. I would try it. Yeah, awesome. They could find out which kind is the best, you know. Like, man, <laughs> you like the T Rex, you should try, you know, the Allosaurus. Yeah, yeah, I like it. This one, this was, this was one I'm advocating. Yeah. And you could feed a, a shitload of people. That's true too. You why know, can't they know. clone? Why can't they clone stuff? I mean, you know, it's dinosaurs. Why can't they clone some chickens and, and feed like. <laughs> yeah. Well, like some things, you know, that are, you know, kind of like whales. It's not like a lot of whales, man. I thought about Clones this today whales. too. It was like. Okay, right, so like just just last the other I don't say last week a month let's say a month ago like some type of like rhinoceros like yeah I'm, I'm afraid so are are they actively preserving like DNA from these things so they could clone them and bring them back yeah that would be like, yeah let's start saving the 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 condor DNA yep yeah the bald eagle yeah like know. these pandas are not screwing each other <laughs> yep. Or why don't they give pandas like something that can make them horny? That's true. You need Viagra for pandas. Yeah. Speaking of that, speaking of uh, Viagra. (laughs) For pandas or just in general? Just just in general. Okay. So this is like a long story how I got to to look (laughs) this up. I was talking to to One Inch Biceps, my partner on uh, In Your Hip. (laughs) And for some reason, he, he, he was... He well, it was actually a caller on in your head, Lexar, who said that he would like someday to to get uh, implant, but not breast implants. He wanted a penis implant. Nice. And he was hoping someday, and this is this is no joke. This is a direct quote that he could get an implant so he could have a six inch penis. 
Wow. So So he's not asking for a ton. He's he's not looking to be the next, like, John Holmes or something. Right, right. So I was like, yeah, I mean, that's a good dream. So then Inch like, I think I read one day that like they do have that. So, so I started looking up, and they actually, there, there isn't an implant to make your penis bigger. But there are implants to make your penis erect. All right. Well, they have. do they still have, like, the pumps and everything? That yeah, so the, yeah. there's different kinds. This one is, the, the, there is a pump, and it's an inflatable pump that places two cylinders in the penis, an inflatable pump in the scrotum, and a fluid-filled container in the abdomen. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I was like, who the hell, like, what's get that? That's, like, just insanity. <laughs> it's like you're, like, a human, you know, like, when they used to pump up the, uh, the, the shoes, like a human pump. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, then you could, like, if you really got, like, a lot of uh, extra, um, you know, pounds per square inch and stuff, you might be able to, like, turn it into, like, a balloon animal. Mm-hmm. You can like stretch it into shapes and things. Right. Well, along those lines <laughs> is even the, the weirder of these things. Okay. Is, is, is semi-rigid rods. So right, in, in this implant, they, in a surgeon implants two flexible rods in the penis. Okay. The implants never change in size or stiff or stiffness and maintain a semi-rigid state. So you have a, uh, you have a chubby all the time. Exactly. Right. But they, they could be set in different positions. So they're like the old toys. Like you used to have like some of the guys where remember the arms would like flex. Oh but yeah. Could, they'd have that stuff where it kind of like when you move it. Yep. Yep. And then it had like the rubber around it. Yeah. So this would be in your penis. So you stick like your, your, your penis is always hard. See, but then you would just stick it down. Like when you walk around, you like stick it down, like against your leg. And then when you have sex, you pull it up and put it like up. Oh, because I thought it was more like the ones where you would push the base. So like you'd have like, sometimes it would be a bird Uh and it would be like standing up straight. And then you would push the base and then the springs would kind of loosen. (laughs) <laughs> and it would all like go broken doll on you. Mm. Well, you since it's those mal- toys? yeah, yeah. It says it's malleable, malleable. So I guess it's oh. like you could. Could you put it in like weird shapes? Like now you've got like a like a Z for a penis. <laughs> got the number four. Yeah. <laughs> so that does not seem practical though. Like you just no, have, no, like, I don't like that. Yeah, that just seems weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. So like you would think it more like um. Like a ratchet type thing. Right. Like, right. like Big Jim's pack where you'd flex their arms and their biceps would bulge. Uh-huh. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, very strange. So that does not sound like a good time either of those. <laughs> no, I, I think I'd I think I'd pass. Mm-hmm. So what is the fluid? And do you have to get refills? Like I need to get a uh, the refill of my, my penis pump? It, yeah, they pump you up with some more goo, I guess. Where do you get it? Do you have to go to the doctor? Is there just like what I've got? You know, you just, yeah, if, if you got like you know a thing of oil in the backyard or something, uh, some Hawaiian yeah. punch. Yeah, just fill it with whatever you know. Just see what feels good. Yeah, it's weird, man. You know, you might like uh, like the viscosity of like um, like olive oil. Uh-huh. You know, try that. 
See what see what oh, it does. Well, it's good for you. It is. It is. Well, uh, that's in case it leaks or something. That's true. Where would this fluid go? Like, if you had to get more, where did the rest of it go? Yeah. That weird. You just be walking around with like a fluid container in your belly. <laughs> that would that, be. And what you, was in your scrotum? Like an like air a, gun or something? Like a pump? Did you like squeeze your your balls? Like pump? That, I think that like so. Actual pump? Yeah. yeah. That that'd be our height, man. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure your partner is really like uh, you know Into getting excited it. while oh, you're yeah. <laughs> Like, hey, could you push my belly button while I squeeze <laughs> my balls? <laughs> Uh, on, on a uh, you know pretty similar topic, mm-hmm. um, have you seen? Uh, I did not know this movie came out last year. It's a uh, a documentary about uh, the Keep. Oh, really? It's called a World War II fairy tale: the making of Michael Mann's The Keep. No, I've not seen this. All right, I ju- I just saw that it existed on IMDb. Hmm. And there's a ton of people, you know, that they talk to and stuff. And F. Paul Wilson's one of them. So I think I think this is something we have to look into. We have to find this. Yeah. It's weird because I know F. Paul Wilson hates that movie. I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time. I need to watch it again. Yeah. I remember being very yeah, you'll hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think it would definitely be worth watching because it's something we have talked about before, you know. And, um, uh-huh. I don't know if they ever ended up making. Remember, they were making the audio book of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that ever happened, but I yeah. know you talked about it. I hope it did. Yeah, but did too. Well, I think uh, I think we're we got a lot of stuff here. I think it was a good show. We went over all kinds of stuff. This was a powerful return. I enjoyed it. I I agree 100%. I want to thank everyone who tuned in, everyone who's checking out the podcast. Do us a favor. uh, Leave some comments on uh, the iTunes page. Rate us. I have no idea what what good that does us, but I like (laughs) to see, like, I like to see ratings. Ratings are good. Just they're fun, even if they mean nothing. Yes, and follow us everywhere. So uh, follow us on the Twitter. It's at Without Your Head. Follow us on the Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash group slash Without Your Head Horror. There's also a Facebook page you can like. Uh, subscribe on the YouTube at Without Your Head. Subscribe on the iTunes, um, Google Play, all those things. Spotify. I believe, uh, Without Your Head's on Spotify now. It wasn't used to not be. So uh, do all those things. Send Put us on email. the skies and, and follow Neil around if he's walking around town. Exactly. Well, just follow us, whatever. Right. Uh, just do that. Why not? All right. All right. Send me cool Hawaiian shirts. Yes. Yes, you look good in the Hawaiian shirts. You like Hawaiian shirts. The funkier, the better. You You have no fear. You will wear any kind of crazy shirts, any kind of crazy apparel. Agreed. Hats, buttons, whatever. Yep. Whatever think about, you got. Think about getting like a cod piece. <laughs> Only if you get the pump. <laughs> cod piece and a cape. Oh, that'd be awesome. I think that would really bring out my look. Yep. If you had like a big Doctor Strange cloak. Yeah, that'd be strange. You know, like the big ass collar on it and stuff. That would be pretty bitchin'. Was there ever a practical use to capes? Like... 
Like, man, I told I could put my cape. I think so. Probably. Probably that was it. But why wouldn't you just put, like, a jacket? Because, like, when the cape just blow away, well, not blow totally away, but, like, you have to hold it shut or else, like, the wind just blows it. Yeah, we get, you know, the cool, like, cloak pin on the front, you know. To... I mean, I'm not denying it looked cool, but I don't know if there's, it was ever, like, it's a really a practical thing. Well, I don't know. You look at, like, Jon Snow. He's got the big furry, like, cape. That's true. And it probably keeps him warm on the wall, I would think. Yeah. It did remind me of something, but go on. Oh, he's also my choice because I have heard um, people talking about, well, who is going to be the the new Wolverine? Oh. You know, if the MCU picks up, uh, which I guess they will, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, and if, uh, I, I don't know if it was like, Fox's decision or if it was um, the Australian guy's decision but I guess Hugh Jackman he won't be uh, Wolverine anymore Mm -hmm. and so they were thinking about a new Wolverine and I thought Kip Harrington would be the perfect Wolverine Mm -hmm. because physically he because in the comics Wolverine is 5'3 he's short and very stocky Mm -hmm. and I think Kip Harrington's probably about Five, 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 six, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think he could pull it off. I, I think John Snow's my choice for Wolf. That would be a good one. I'd like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you think's going to be the king? Oh, who? Who? Ah. Well, who have the? I mean, that's for king. Who will be like? Who will get the throne? Could be queen. Um. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna go evil. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with the uh, with the um, the White Walkers. I, I think the uh, they oh you think evil wins? Yep, yep. Just because Martin like he's killing off all your friends and buddies and people that you care about, I think he's gonna be like, hey, screw Westeros. The the undead's taking over. Mm. I think it'll be Jon Snow. I think he ends up king. That'd be kind of cool. I I, 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 I think Tyrion would. I think Which Tyrion. Tyrion? Would be, uh, the dwarf. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that'd be cool. He's my favorite character. Yeah, the imp would be be the man. Yeah, I'm sorry, the dwarf. No, the, no. Uh, but they call him the imp at the show. Right. Right. On those books. Yeah. Be good. How How about there's a lot of uh, people who think. Um, uh, Stronzo's brother, the, the the kid with the with the magic who can't walk. Oh yeah, they, that he is actually the white. He's actually the the leader of the White Walkers. See, I've kind of I I have kind of thought that myself. I've got kind of a vibe, and I think because of all his like time traveling, you know, with the whole Hodor thing and stuff, mm-hmm. I could see how that's like a viable thought. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I am interested how it all plays out. Yeah, me too. It's kind of bittersweet. It's like I'm really looking forward to it, but at the same time, like I'll miss it. That'll be the end. Yeah, I haven't started the new book by Martin, but it's like I think 400 years before this whole thing. Oh, really? So he did a prequel before he finished it. Yeah, and this is his second prequel. The other one was was pretty short, but yeah. it was also like like a hundred years before Game of Thrones. 
Is, is he ever going to finish it? I don't really know. You'd think like he would have this all figured out by now. It's been years. You think he's not figured it out or he just doesn't do it or what? I don't what are you know. Doing, man? I, I think Martin's just like, he's got a weird sense of humor. He's just laughing and going, ha, ha, I know, but I'll never tell anybody yeah. how it all works out. I'm get this guy on the show and put him straight. I know. Or just That'd be maybe really just, weird too if like if the show has an ending and then is if he stuff. finally finishes it yeah that's a completely different finish yeah man what if what if we get him on and he just tells us off air that'd be the best and then like yeah like that wouldn't be a valuable secret people wouldn't pay us money to <laughs> find that out like, I know I could trust you too yep yep Ask I'm not gonna tell anybody like uh, nasty, did did you turn off the uh the mic? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's been fine. times I haven't by accident. <laughs> like I, did, I like there's been times after I think I've done it more than in your head where uh intro and I would just be keep talking. And it, it was live. I don't mean just recorded, but it was just up there live. Oh Jesus. Was it anything bad ever? Like uh Probably. I you know. know. Oh, it's fucking iron cheek. I can't stand this guy, man, <laughs> you know. Probably trashing the fans. <laughs> Probably just enter, like, you know, saying how much you love me. <laughs> Could have been. Mm-hmm. I, I loved you so much, Jack. I pooped my pants. <laughs> By the way, people have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, it's also In Your Head, which is a professional wrestling show. That's, and that's on. That's what started it all. Did it start it all that's without your head? The original without your head was the uh, the the October um, Halloween special, and we enjoyed it, so we uh, we did it as a own show. Yep. Was that the second season of In Your Head? No, it was the very it was the first. Year. Oh, it was the first year. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, what's really strange is uh, now Inter pretends like he, he doesn't like horror movies and doesn't know, you know, if I'll bring up points like he doesn't know any actors. But then if you if you see if you see pictures of his room, the whole wall's covered with with horror. It's like oh, he's fronting now. Michael Myers, Jason, and and uh, all the Universal monsters. Like you're just lying, buddy. Man. Inter's fronting now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, put together yeah, the freaking humble him. Man. So if you want all if you want all this, if you just like I, I just can't get enough, you want to you listen to without your head, it's all you can go back to the archives all the way into two thousand six. You can listen to every episode for free. Uh you can if you want even more, you're like, I want to hear more of this kind of stuff, check out in your head at iyhwrestling.com or in your head online.com. And you listen to us talk about wrestling. And if you just want to hear uh, new stuff that's just interviews, it's no lollygagging, that is Inside Your Head. And mm-hmm. uh, it's insideyourhead.club. It's very Which cool. is a, awesome. It's a great companion piece, you know, for, for guests that don't quite fit into either show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna be working on uh to to have all of them on one site, which will eventually be inside. I mean, inyourheadonline.com, and it'll connect to everything. So you can possibly other shows, but uh, we'll think about that in the future here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's gonna wrap up the show. I had a great time. Thanks to uh, we our artist of the month 
we had them on uh, the month before, but there was really not much uh, many shows. So mm-hmm. uh, to give them a fair shot, we're also having them here in February. And that's Scary Cherry and the Bang Bangs. Nice. Very good. Very cool. And uh, our guest tonight, Xavier Bergen and Ashley Blackwell of Horror Noir. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of people coming up. Um, just check out the website and check out uh, the Facebook page to find out who. I always look forward to that. I believe well, Neil, it's of, been a great, yeah. great time and a triumphant return. I'm so yes. happy that you're in good health and good spirits and very good, very happy. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm glad myself. Mm-hmm. As we should be. All right. So this was Nasty Neil. And this was Terrible Troy. And this was without your head.